Bam! Ladies and gentlemen, day 27. Is that what it is, Brian? Uh, yeah. Week 27? Or podcast 27, right? We did two in a week once. Yeah. That was a crazy week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the uh, weekly Ustream podcast. Really, it's been fucking weekly, man. Actually, it's 29. We're way way late. Podcast 29. It's amazing that we kept kept with it for this long. Yeah. And it's also amazing that I never did anything like this before. It is. You know? It takes me so long to get into a groove with anything. It took me so long to accept, like, email lists and MySpace and all that shit. Like, for the longest time, I was like, I don't want to get involved in promoting myself. Fuck that. You know, fuck advertising shows. Just get on the radio and just do it like normal. But then you see all these other dudes that are doing it that way, and they're doing so well with it. What happened to your shit? I think MySpace is the first one that actually went crazy. You know, yeah. like, that made you realize the power of the internet. Like, Fleshlight. Yeah. Well, the MySpace days, that was the, the comedy store days, and we were using the, uh, when we were using the MySpace, the fucking comedy store was sold out like every weekend, and it was just because of MySpace, which didn't, you know, before then, man, you could never have, like, the, they would have to drive by and just know that you're there because of the billboard, or just know that you're there because of word of mouth, but, you know, we could throw it up on MySpace, and it was nothing. Now... Or a schoolyard of paper boys going, Mister, Mister. MySpace, MySpace is a fucking dinosaur. You know why? Because MySpace didn't adapt. I logged in last night. Did you? First time in I think like two months. Checked, went through three or four pages of people that were fake people asking me to talk and stuff like that. One new person going, Hey, dude, here's my Facebook page. Add me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, every now and then I'll go and read a little bit of the fan mail, but it's just not worth it. It's just, it's a graveyard. It's like, you know, it's like going to Chernobyl after the blast and like talking to people that are still there. Like, God, man, get out of here. Why are you here? What are you using MySpace for? Patton Oswalt used MySpace still, though. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get going, our podcast is sponsored by The Fleshlight. I kind of, I show it every week, and I don't know if that's like, I feel like uh, one of Barker's beauties. I'm supposed to be (laughs) demonstrating the product, but uh, it's, what it is, is basically a masturbation tool. If you haven't used it before, uh, we talk about it every week. It's fucking fantastic. As far as beating off, if you beat off, and I know you do, it's way better than just regular beating off. It's not that much money. How much is the money does it cost, Brian? It's like, I don't know, but you get 15% off your if you go on your website. You don't know how much at all? I think it's like $69, $59. Let's find out for these nice people. $79. I did your tip, though, uh, this week, and it's kind of, of course, a crazy thing happened. Every time I do anything with a fleshlight, something crazy The warm happens. water thing? No, I put it outside and uh, to let it heat up. <laughs> let it heat up. Of course, my landlords often go out in the back to smoke because they work above me. And uh, and they see this rubber pussy out in the sun? They saw it out in the sun. Oh, my God, dude. Because when I went to pick it up, they were sitting out there. Look at this. If you go to the flashlight, it says, this website contains explicit adult material. What? How crazy is it that you go to a website that has rubber pussies, and they have this crazy fucking warning that you're about to see explicit adult material? I mean, do they have porn on their site? Okay, they have a guy and a girl. Not even nudity. Those girls have clothes on. Hmm. There was a guy and a girl in bed, but the girl had a bra and panties on. And uh, if you're looking at all these flashlights, man, it's like, okay, yeah, it's a rubber body part. Is that really like something you need to have a little warning to click through? You go to those sites where you see violence. You know, you don't see shit like that. Yeah, why can you just walk into a hustler store without them stopping and telling you the same thing? There's not a lot of hustler stores out there in the world, is there? There's stores just like it. Like porn stores. That is a, one of those weird things when we go on the road and we see these uh, these fucking towns like, you know, like if you go to like uh, 
what's a good example of one that had a bunch of them? Uh, Youngstown, Ohio. I was doing shows in Youngstown, Ohio, and it's like there's a bunch of those little sad 24-hour neon-lit adult shops, and that's just that's just people. That's just like reluctant body maintenance, like poor sad fucks in those places, just wandering around, looking depressed, pushing those beads apart. It's like why do they have to use beads? Beads make fucking noise, right? When you push those beads apart and they click, and you go back into the dirty, dirty area. And see all the cock-sucking videos and shit. I used to work at a video store that had an adult room. And it was yeah. open 24 hours a day. And it was kind of cool because you'd walk, you know, somebody would be walking up like a hot chick. And you're like, please let them go in the adult room. You know, of course, they just walk up and goes, uh, you know, where's de- you have Designing Women Season 2, you know, or something. The but adult room. The craziest thing happened is uh, an old teacher of mine, first grade teacher, went in there, a woman, and got porn and i could only hope it was for like a party you saw her yeah she i waited on her she probably didn't recognize me because i'm you know i was like 20 and she was like uh you know older lady so this is your first grade teacher yeah first grade teacher wow and so first grade is what seven six yeah, what is that six i don't know something like that and because I, I rang her up i also saw her last name was like miss blah 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 and i'm like oh that's totally her anyway she got the uh that's when i found out that uh sylvester stallone did a porn called uh the italian stallion and that's what she had got <laughs> and so i i don't think that was real porn though it, i think it's one of those like showtime three right. o'clock in the morning porns right so i think that i uh I thought, like, oh, this is for a gag. This is for a party. I accept this. But, see, I could also see her whole history, and it was, like, Big Black Dick 5. You know, it was, like, really? she only rented porn. Whoa. 68, 70, maybe she, she was. was. 70. That bitch is a freak. That's crazy. Just keeping it alive, huh? Yeah. Woo. So you don't think that Italian stallion was a real porn? I don't know. I I'm never watched it. Talking out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it was, like, some fake 3 o'clock in the morning shit. We had it the porn side. I saw a chick uh, that I I used to date in one of those fake three o'clock in the morning porns, where a dude was fake boning her. Mm-hmm. So like the dude was just a little too low, right? Like she was like a pie, a little too high, and he, you know it's like you tell their their groin isn't really touching. Right. One of those, you right. know. And uh, it was really freaky. I was by myself and I was flipping through the channels, and it's like, whoa, here's here's a person that you know I hadn't seen her is a long time ago. So it was like I dated her over, you know. 12 years ago, 13, 14 years ago even. So uh, seeing her, it was like, wow, this is kind of strange. Like I'm watching someone that I, I used to know and then they're fucking in a movie, even though it's not real, you know? What, what do you think it's like if you, like your high school sweetheart turns into like Sasha Gray or something like that? I could tell you what it's like. I know what it's like. It fucking it's weird, man. I, I don't even like thinking about it. No, no, no. You don't know what it's like because in your situation, the person that – if any person we're talking about is an actual real person. Right. These are people that you met when you knew that they already did that thing. Right. It's a big thing to have a girl, have it be your girlfriend. Right. This is my girl. I'm oh, dating and her, my later. chick. And then there's some fucking right. brute just doggy styling her yeah. and sweating and spitting on her and shit. Oh, you fucking bitch. You like that? And you're like, whoa, that guy's fucking the shit out of my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. That's you what, Especially you- like real porn. Yeah. You know? I've never found, like, old porn of, like, a girl I've dated. Have you ever done that? Like, you're going through, like, their old photos, and they go, no, well, I'm not a that. snoopy motherfucker. No, 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 I mean, like, if you're with them. Have you ever, I mean, have you ever done that? Like, where, like, like they're going through photos, like, oh, this is my old boyfriend. Oh, don't, you don't want to see this photo. And then, like, no, but I do, I do always um, get sad when girls try to make me jealous. Like, using I've that? always been sad. Like, my whole life, I've always thought that was, like, one of the weakest things ever. When someone, per- you, you can tell the only reason why they're bringing this 
this up or they're, they're talking about their ex is to try to fuck with your head. Like, it never works. All that, it makes you feel uncomfortable. But the uncomfort that I feel is, oh, <sighs> you're not as cool as I thought you were. And yeah, now you're creepy and you're trying to fuck with me. And okay, can I talk you out of this? Can I tell you that this is not necessary? And we're just, you know, two people that are enjoying each other's company, getting to know each other. You know, we don't have to play any stupid games that we've already played in the past. We should all learn, right? Right. I played some stupid games when I was a little kid. You know, I, I had to learn that they were dumb. So when someone doesn't know that games like that are dumb, like jealousy games, I'm like, fucking really? You know, come on, man. What am I, a fucking child? Cut this shit. So another guy fucked you? You're, that's crazy. Get out of here. I couldn't. I can't believe it. You're hot and you're 26 and another guy's fucked you already? Jesus Christ. Was this recent? Was this with that bitch is probably sucking somebody's dick an hour before she picked you up. You know, she's fucking crazy. This, that, it makes me wonder if that shit ever goes away because it doesn't seem like it is. Like, I, does my mom get in a fight with her boyfriend and, and just do stupid shit like yes, that? Yes, it goes think? away. For sure it goes away. With, with maturity, everything evolves. It's The problem is when people get, they go from one shit relationship to the next shit relationship and they never get traction as a human being. Never get traction and never realize. And if you have shit friends on top of that, which a lot of girls do, man, especially pretty girls, a lot of pretty girls, their friends be hating. You know, it's tough, man, because for them, it's like if you're out with a pretty girl, if you're a girl and you're out with a pretty girl, no one is going to pay attention to you. Everyone's going to pay attention to her. And she didn't even do anything to deserve this. She was just born this way. And you're so much funnier and so much cooler and you'd be so much better girlfriend. And you you will get crazy for that bitch and you'll try to trip her up. You'll want her to fail. You'll hope she falls and breaks her fucking nose, you know, like literally like you're tired. She's stealing from you. She's stealing male attention from you. You know, that's how a lot of chicks feel about hot chicks, man. They don't like it. So anything like that, man, if that if that's your situation, if you're around people like that that are douchey to you and you're around ex-boyfriends who are douchey to you, you just you can get into a bad grind where you just automatically get douchey first because you think they're going to get douchey first and you want to get the upper hand, you know? You ever get in those relationships where you can tell that someone's fucking with you just to get the upper hand and oh, yeah. expecting more? Yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. And the worst is when you go with it. Just oh, to yeah. see where where it goes. <laughs> the worst for me is if I get involved in it and I haven't been working out. <laughs> Especially when I was younger. Dude, when I was younger, I did not have such a good uh, judgment, and I still don't sometimes, about when to argue and when to just go, what the fuck am I arguing over? Yeah. Back then, I just argued automatically. I'm like, you're not going to stop me from arguing. Fuck you. And it would just turn ugly every time. Every time I got in an argument with somebody, it would turn ugly. But as I got older, you know, any any kind of relationship like that, when shit comes up, now I just, I try very, very hard now to just look at it and go, what is the purpose of all this? What is, who gives a shit if you're right? Who gives a shit if you're wrong? Who gives a, oh, oh, here's what I want. I want to be around people that I enjoy talking to. And I know there can't really be this many problems that we fight all the time. If there's this many problems that we fight all the time... Where is that coming from? That's got to be a personality thing because I don't have that many problems in my life. My, my life's pretty smooth. Most of the people in my, my life are very nice. Most of the people in my life, we enjoy each other's company. There's very few. There's, I mean, everybody has like here and there, there'll be issues with any human being where someone sees something totally differently, but you can talk it through. And if you're really good friends, you work it out and everything's cool and nobody ever gets ugly. You know, but the the real key man is finding other people that go along with that cuz as soon as you go with someone who's used to douchey shit and is used to insulting you and is used to playing games as soon as you go into that and you dive into that world man you're fucked 
no progress. Yeah. No fun. And then it's so hard to get out of so it. So hard. And then once you get out of it, you're so sad because you got out of it. And you have to get back in it just because you felt so sad from getting out of that. Well, being alone, man, when you just got out of a relationship and then all of a sudden you're alone and lonely, those are the darkest, emptiest, most hollow moments as an adult human being. That feeling is a terrible, terrible feeling. Most people just aren't equipped to understand rationally what's really going on. Like, why are you so upset? How much of this is just evolutionary? How much is this? It's been designed into the whole human mechanism to dreadful, to feel dreadful every time you're left alone, to feel terrible every time you're rejected. You're being rejected by someone you don't even know is brutally painful. Why is that? Why, is, why would you even care if it was a dude who didn't like you? If you had no desire to fuck that person, if you just came up to a dude and dude was like, look at you, you're not even good looking, you'd be like, what the fuck you, faggot? You know, you'd be like, you'd be like, you wouldn't care at all. It wouldn't change your opinion of yourself at all. But when a chick does it to you, it's like devastating. Oh, totally. Especially if it's a chick that you're attracted to. Oh, horrible. That's all, but it's all evolution. It's all set up that way to try to get you to be as attractive as possible and to make very stringent standards that what people find and don't find attraction attractive. It's to make you operate at a higher level. I think it's all just to design to make you work harder as a human being to become more impressive as a mate. And in doing so, and in becoming more impressive as a mate, you get to control contribute more to society, you'll create more energy, you'll create more money, you'll create more whatever you do, whether you, if you don't, you're in technology, you'll innovate more, if you're in art, you'll produce more art, you want to prove your worth, and so that, that craziness, like, allows people to shine, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't find that girl though. You know, I can't. So I can't find that partner who's on the same level as me. It seems like they they uh, always act like the same level, but then once you get into it, they're just they were just like kind of mimicking what they thought the, that level. It is was that too, to but be. it's also that they want you to be something that you're not. It's you know they want you to be a, not even a real person. You know, they have this. A lot of people have an idea in their head that's really almost kind of based on movies. You know, uh, what was it like like before the 1800s? Based on movies, totally. By the way. Yeah, everybody, but that's how it is, you know, you, you, you see movies and everything works out fucking awesome in the movies, and you go, well, that's what life is like, right? Life is like this, it's, this is my model of life, Sandra Bullock movies, and you get, you get trapped in your head thinking, well, maybe this isn't, maybe he's not the one, you know, maybe there is another one. Like, God damn, what is this crazy? The What about you? Are you the one? Right. You're probably not the one, you know, <laughs> it, might, it might be you, you know, the fucking problem might be you over and over again. With everybody. That's kind of like like the fight club relationship where the whole time it actually is you. you know? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, dude, I've been that guy. I've totally been that guy. Start arguments and relationships for no reason. Just because I was frustrated with my own life, especially when I was really young, like I was like 20. When I was like 20 and 21, I would start stupid arguments with girls I was dating over nothing. But it wasn't really them that was the problem. It was really me. It was really me like being frustrated all the time with my life and trying to like being like hyper ambitious and trying to like get ahead in my life, but really terrified that I was going to be a loser. So I would, you know, always be like under stress. And if, you know, anything annoyed me about a chick, I would like, be like, why do you even talk like that? Like what? Meanwhile, that's such a douchey thing to do to take your frustrations out on someone else. But when you're doing it, when it's, when you're wrapped up in it, man, especially if that's like everyone in your family, that's everyone you're friends with, you know, that's like the only way, you know, it takes a long time to learn to not communicate shitty to people. If you're stuck in like a shitty communication pattern, fuck, that's hard to snap out of, man. It's very hard. 
very hard to recognize how other people are seeing you. Like so many people don't think that they come off as assholes. They think they're just playing around and everybody's like, oh, this guy's such a douche. Get him away from me. It's like, what do you fuck? You can't take a joke. It's not a joke if I don't think it's funny. You know, it's not a joke if no one else is laughing but you. That's not a joke. That's you being a douchebag and laughing about being a douchebag. What the fuck, Brian? How do we fix the, the world? How Definitely do we not people? alcohol because it seems like it. more. <laughs> that's, the, Vegas, that's the anti-fixture. Vegas really taught me a lot about alcohol. You know, like yeah. just, just seeing people on alcohol is just weird alcohol sometimes. Is, it does terrible things for your judgment. I enjoyed myself so much more Saturday night. I had water. drank water all night. We went to that party. Mm-hmm. Smoked a little weed. Mm-hmm. It was fun, you know? The, the problem with alcohol is everybody else is drinking too and you... Wind up getting in stupid conversations over nothing, and Dude, we we got to hang out with Doug Benson, and I've never uh, really even talked to him before. You know, I've seen him a couple times, but hanging out with Doug Benson, stoned with a couple beers in us, I fucking had dance off with him for what <laughs> two hours. Me, him, me and him were dancing. Yeah. I mean that that's I never fucking. He's a danced. good dude. <laughs> we really enjoyed hanging out with him. He's a real good dude. He, I, I've awesome never guy. really, I've done his podcast before. You know, I've seen him like here and there at clubs. I talk to him every now and then, but this is the most time I ever spent with him by far. We went to dinner with him and, you know, talked to him a lot. He's just cool, man. Really cool guy. And I, you know, I always questioned how much he really enjoyed pot and I will never question his pot likeness again. He fucking You really smoking. questioned it? That's yeah. so funny. That well, stoners are always doing that. He ain't legit. No, no, yeah. You know why? And I've totally <laughs> fell for something that happens to you every day almost is where you go up to him like, dude, come on, smoke weed. You want to smoke a joint? And right, he's just like, no, right, what are right, you talking about? Right. But I mean, it's also like, you know, we're hanging out with other comics and stuff. Like that. Right. So it's a little different, but still. That that happens to me how often? Uh, every day. Every time we're out at a club, it seems like. Every or, time, everywhere. And like, you don't know who these people right. are. Like, they could have crazy shit in their weed. Yeah. Dude, I got Joe Rogan on acid. And I got to drive home and, you know. The double road. rainbows! <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, double rainbow? Look up double rainbow on YouTube. Dude, have you seen, heard, a, have you heard the genius, remix yet? No, I don't want to see the remix. Oh, no, no. It's I just, they, I saw robot. too much. So, I even so watched good. the whole video. I watched like half of the video and I shut it off. I get it. I get it. He's freaking out over rainbows. The, the remix they did the robot voice, you know, with the, the voice, and they edited it real quick, kind of like oh, Tim auto-tune and Eric tune, auto tune, and they edit like Tim and Eric style. How kind did of. that auto tune shit catch on? What the fuck happened? Dude, I got T Pain on my iPhone. Do you? Yeah. Do you like that stuff? It's it's kind of cool, just like like singing something that you thought of, and then just changing the lyrics, and the next thing you know, you could actually make it into a real song. Like that, even if it's like you're going. Hey, da, da. You know. That song, that Drake song, It's Over, does he use that shit, auto-tune? Because I kind of like that song. Dude, I think everyone uses auto-tune really? in the pop industry right now. The pop industry. Like, Lindsay Lohan should be using pot or the pop. auto-tune. Oh, lo- uh, Lindsay's going to do some time now, huh? Yeah, 90 Lindsay days. Lohan, if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, Brian says, where'd you read this off of? CNN? I watched it live on CBS, live, you know, they put it on video, live courtroom. She's going to do 90 days in jail. That yeah. is crazy. She has to turn herself in two weeks unless she suicides, but she still has to wear uh, the the bracelet so she can't drink every day. And they made it like a big deal. Like, we want to switch to a blood uh, a blood thing instead of, you know, the scram. And the reason why she wants to do that, because if you drink uh, alcohol at midnight, uh, like by 4 a.m., it's not in your blood anymore. And that's why Lindsay wants to do that. Oh, that's hilarious. So it's so funny that... And the thing that really got to me was where the judge, like, heard Lindsay crying and stuff, and the judge finally goes, all right, you lied here, you lied here, you lied here, you lied here. Next case. You lied here, you lied here. You lied. Like, it went through, like... Like four yeah. cases of like seven. I don't <laughs> know if locking someone up in jail is like the best way to deal with this, but 
this should all be a bright example to people, uh, a really uh, a, a prominent example to people, how you shouldn't make your fucking kids famous. How many kids have to become com- incredibly fucked up from being famous child actors before we look at it and go, this is nuts. There's no way you should be doing that to a child. There's no way you should be. The, developing as a human being, getting your shit together, getting your ego together is hard enough as it is. But to have that developing and getting your shit together and then mix it with fame? Dude. Can you imagine like Fuck. 10 years from now, Will Smith's kid's going to jump on your back and slice her necks? Dude. <laughs> I, no, he's probably just going to be sad. Or who knows, man? Will is a really brilliant guy. He's a very smart guy. He might figure out a way to raise his kid correctly through this. But what an incredible fucking chore and what what an incredible responsibility and the, the amount of pressure you put on the kid because kids you know they can get spoiled so easy their perspective can get fucked up so quickly they haven't really developed character they and to have a kid really be in a position where he never really has to overcome the same adversity that the rest of us have he just doesn't have the opportunity to develop the character that the rest of are gonna ha- us are gonna have the the regular people that have to go through life and, and make their way as an adult and evolve as an adult and be an adult without money where you're in a situation where you're like wow I gotta figure out a way to get through this and you know to not not have any fame whatsoever you know have to get by on your personality instead of get by on the fact that you're famous when you were six i heard that that the the first eight years of your life you learn 88 percent of what makes you who you are today like the things like from from walking all the way to how you react to certain things and the rest is uh what you have to deal with like your your ram almost right 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 yeah, I've read some stuff about it up to two years old. I didn't read up to eight, but it makes sense. I mean, a lot of who you are as a human being is based on what kind of input you got when your your mind was developing. It only makes sense. Your mind is going to prepare for a certain world. You know, they say that babies born into uh, in, into really high-stress, violent families where there's a lot of sh- shouting and yelling and, you know, too many people, like if you're in a really bad neighborhood and, you know, too many people in your house and there's a lot of stress all the time. People, babies born literally are wired different than babies that are born into calm households. And babies that are born into calm households, like the, the less stress you have, the more chilled out the baby can be. But if you have like a really, really tense mom, that kid's going to come out just ready to snap. That kid's going to come out recognizing danger. I had this long talk on a plane with Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin um, was on a plane to Australia where we were all going to the UFC. He was going there to do some football thing with Russell Crowe. And I had met him um, because I did uh, Best Damn Sports Show, period. And he was on it. And he's a real cool guy, man. And very down-to-earth, normal dude. And so he and I were talking. And we're just talking about kids getting involved in martial arts and kids getting involved in sports. And he was talking about, like, what he was like when he was young. That, you know, he's trying to, like teach kids, you know, about controlling themselves, teach kids about keeping their shit together. And this was right after that dude that, I don't remember the football player, but he was chasing after his girlfriend. He jumped in the back of her truck and he fell out and died. Remember that? Mm -hmm. I don't remember the guy's name. Yeah. He was talking about that guy, that that guy that, that, that was not thinking. He was just reacting. Like, you don't think, you don't do shit like that when you're thinking. But these guys aren't thinking. They just react. And he's trying to teach them how to, like, put some steps in there to, like, consider things before you act and, and, and recognize that there's a reason why you're so quick to behave like that. And that these people, these reckless type people, are the ones who are always involved in, like, really strong competitive athletics, like fighting and, and football and shit like that. It's because they're, they're so much more quick to react they're so much more explosive that a lot of it is just stress-based i mean do so many fighters are born from shitty households so many yeah 
I mean, it's not a prerequisite. There's guys from strong families that still are great fighters because they just accept that, you know, they just love the challenge. Like George St. Pierre is a perfect example of that. Very close with his dad. But a lot of guys come from fucking broken homes, man. And there's uh, there's something in that. There's something in that. The, the fury is just a little more intense from a dude who grows up without a dad or a dude who grows up in like a real shitty situation, you know? Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy, man, when you really stop to think about it. It's crazy that anybody would want their kid to be famous. The, the Lindsay Lohan thing. This should be the last straw. Yeah, well, there should be some common laws about it, definitely. But I think most of the people that have their kids, it's because they're they're broken dreams and they're using their kids, you know. To do you think that's it, or is just a lack of awareness? Their lack lack of real real consideration. You see, nobody thinks it's an offensive thing. Like you know, if you if you tell them, you know, oh, my daughter's uh, acting, she's in a commercial, they go, oh, good for you. Nobody ever goes, wow, what are you doing? Like, why are you putting your kid on TV? Nobody, nobody ever says that. Nobody ever says it like, whoa, you're putting, you're going to fuck your kid up. You're going to get your kid famous. You know what the odds are? If you got your kid famous, what are the odds your kid's going to grow up and be a mess? It's like 90%. Why would you ever, I mean, yeah, there's a few that get through it and they're okay. The Jodie Fosters of the world that seem to be adjusted, but they're fucking rare, dude. What do you do? You're making a, what? what the fuck is that? Oh, I forgot to watch the video. He's <laughs> making him. Yeah, he forgot. Did you really forget? I thought, he did. I he was really did. For some He's reason, so fucking oh, silly. He made the lesbian lick the hand thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? What the fuck, man? You to develop and to think that you're special right from the beginning. I mean, Lindsay Lohan was famous from. The, she was one of those these Disney hookers, right? Mm-hmm. So many Disney hookers. There is. They they breed them. They make these little hot little hookers. Let's count them off. Who are the Disney hookers? Christ- Christina Aguilera, is she a Disney? Well, yes. Timberlake made it through. Timberlake, is he dude, cool? He fu- He's fu- got it together? Dude, that dude's got it totally down. He's, really? Yeah, that's super successful, right-headed. Cool guy. Yeah. Well, he's still super successful, too, though. There's never a drop-off. Oh, he's when way they get a drop-off. He's one of the top ugly. guys. He's yeah. a Mariah Carey, you know, whatever. When they drop off, that's when they get nuts, right? Right. That's It's hard to rebound. And people want to see how far you fall and crash, so they kind of support you dropping. Right. <laughs> you know, they turn their energy on, wow, he's really failing. You have to hit rock bottom, and then they'll let you come back up again. Yeah. But, they, you know, you have to Britney Spears it. You have yeah. to fucking just ride that boat right into the rocks. Now, do you think Britney has snapped back, or do you think she has just a new person that protects her nonstop? You know, like, I am hired to make sure you don't fuck up ever again. I so. think you don't fix that kind of crazy. You don't fix it. That shit is not fixable. That's that's crazy to the bones, man. That's right. just, you know, no, she's, she's fucking nuts. She's, they're not fixing anything. Mm-hmm. That's a real simple case to me. Case closed. They just, they're just handling her. Or they marry Brian Austin Green. <laughs> what the fuck happened? Oh, what's her face? Megan Fox. You think she's, she's wacky too? Well, she, she married Brian young? Austin Green. Actually, I don't How think she's wacky. How young was she when she got famous? She probably is a really cool chick if she married Brian Austin Green. <laughs> well, yeah, right? Think about that. That guy's not even right. He's not even working anymore, yeah, she's right? she's probably like she the probably, coolest chick ever. Well, either that or Brian Austin Green is like a pimp of unimaginable he, he proportions. He might be a pimp, you know? He Doesn't might, she might, have might his name tattooed on her? Yeah. I say he's a pimp. Dude, he has to be a pimp. You know, you can hate all you want about I'm Brian Austin hating. Green. I'm not hating. I'm sorry, you know? Anybody can, you know? You people out there, you want to hate? What if that was you? I don't know. It's just if you're at the peach pit, which guy would you choose, you know? Peach pit? What the fuck? <laughs> you always have to take it to some dark, dark place. This Brian Austin Green fellow, isn't he like a rapper now? Doesn't he rap? Does he really? Yeah, doesn't he? I, I don't know. I didn't think he Dude, did anything. I think we need to find out right now. This right. is a beautiful this is beautiful. What a beautiful time to be alive in the internet. If you have a question, you just throw that bitch into Google. It's so simple. 
Brian Austin Green rapping? We are about to find out, ladies and gentlemen. Austin. We don't have to go to the fucking library. Mm-hmm. We don't have to, uh, you know, go to a college and meet some Oops. experts. Oh, Brian Austin. Okay, that was on TV. That wasn't. No, see, that's what I think it is. I think it's. I think it's just uh, like he had. Well, it let's on his go show. into his wiki. A moment in rap history. As that's. Around the same time, his character on 90210, David Silver, started rapping. Hmm. Among his lyrical stylings, you're so precious to me, am I precious to you? The answer, Brian, is yes. Okay, that was so pointless. <laughs> we missed the very beginning of it. It's still pointless. I think it, it, we didn't have his rapping. I mean, they had some of his lyrics. I think that they're just saying that he was a rapper, but it was whack. But we can't play it because then we'll have to pay him or something. Oh, really? You, you know, something like that. Because that was on VH1. Well, they they were also saying that he's whack. I mean, they quoted his lyrics. Oh, that's pretty whack. Oh, that sucks. That's just like th- those lyrics were so whack. Like you don't even have to pass a judgment on them. You just play them for people and, and raise your eyebrows. And go, hmm. It's like, you ever see that movie, Jesus Camp? Uh, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy fucking movie. Totally. And the best part about the movie is they didn't cast any judgment. They just showed you these nutty motherfuckers that are out there raising kids to be Christian jihadists. You know? Mm-hmm. They, you don't have to. You don't have to cast anything. And the people are so nutty that they'll approve it. You could show them the fucking video, and they would, they would, they would say, yeah, that's our, that's our message. You got our message down, sir. That's a good documentary. Meanwhile, anybody who saw that thing, it was like a fucking horror movie. Taking little kids. and The, the best part is when they make them talk in tongues. Did you see that part? Mm-mm. They would say, everybody now talk in tongues. So the kids would go, It's like God talking through them in tongues. It's hilarious. They're five years old, man. Five years old, it's nonsense. They love nonsense. Five years old love to talk nonsense. All five-year-old kids do. So you give them like a time of the day at school. All right, kids, time to go nonsense. So they just go full fantasy. And they're talking in this made-up language. And it's obviously not a fucking language because it's, you're not saying anything. Like you, I can tell when I'm listening to someone talk, even if they have a foreign language. I can tell if it's a real language. You know, you hear someone talking in, like, in Chinese. Like, they're saying a bunch of crazy shit, but there's a flow to it where you know they're not saying the same sounds over and over and over and over again, which is what you do because you have to invent all these sounds on the fly if you're making a fake language. Like, to, to have them vary to the point where it looks like it's, like, a, an actual, like, language, that's difficult. So you start going, which is what they all do. They're all uncreative fucks. And they're talking in tongues, and they're just making nonsense noises. That's all they're doing, man. And they're getting little kids to do this shit. And they're telling these kids that, you know, you, you know you're, you're warriors for Christ. And they're, she, this woman was comparing them to how, you know, Hamas and all these terrorist organizations raise little jihadists. She was literally comparing them. She's comparing them. Like, why, why don't we do that with Christianity? Like, this would be a good thing. The reason why these people are willing to blow themselves up is because they indoctrinated them into the world of radical Islam. We can do the same thing, but for good. She's like, but we're good. Not see the uh, the irony you know in the you know brainwashing kids she's talking well they're getting brainwashed with the wrong thing but if we brainwash our kids with the truth and Jesus and like whoa 
Do you know how to raise kids? I had two guys uh, knock on my door today that were both my age dressed up in the white shirts and the ties and stuff like that. Is that a Scientology or a Mormon thing? That's a Mormon, Mormon right? Mormons? I just, I I laugh. Mormons are some of the nicest fucking people. I have to tell you. They might be, but. They're so nice, dude. I can't stop laughing at them. You know, it's like. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's completely ridiculous. The whole, look. It's all ridiculous, though. It's not that, you know, being a Muslim isn't ridiculous, but being a Jew is. Everything's ridiculous. Being a Catholic's ridiculous. Being a Protestant's ridiculous. Being a Baptist is ridiculous. Being a Buddhist is ridiculous. Being in anything is ridiculous. You're a fucking human being. And if you attach, you attach yourself and your mind to any ideology, you're going to be on a road. And that road may or may not lead you in a good direction. But you're going to stay on that fucking road if you're attached to an ideology. And it could be a terrible road. It could be a road of, you know, circumcising your daughter's clitoris because that's a fucking tradition. I mean, these fucking crazy bitches in Africa that cut holes in their lip and stretch them out to put plates on. Why is that? Because they got on a fucking road and they stick, they stuck with that road, regardless of rational thinking. They didn't use rational thinking at all. They just adapted a predetermined pattern of behavior that makes life so much more simple. And that's what every fucking religion is. The problem is no one knows. You cannot know. You can have your own beautiful personal experiences. You could have been the person that was actually touched by God. But when you start yelling and ranting that other people have to follow your lead or the fucking world's going to end and Christians are going to be taken away, I know you're full of shit. I know you're full of shit and you know you're full of shit. And the real problem is that we can't say it because everybody's got this freedom of religion, freedom of religion, religious freedom, the freedom to express yourself. Even if you're expressing yourself with nonsense, nonsense that helps scared, lonely, sad people lock onto that nonsense so they feel like they're a part of something. I mean, that's what it is. It preys on people whose lives fucking suck. So it's all nuts. It's not like your shit's cool and my shit's not. And it's not that, you know, yoga's the answer or fucking mushrooms are the answer. There's, there's just questions. And until we're honest about that, we're never going to evolve. The human race is stuck in a giant quagmire when it comes to our behavior and our thinking about our behavior. Yeah, totally. And I, I, you know, and one thing is like they all look like from the Geek Squad. These these Mormon guys, they're crazy. It's like on those ten dudes. speeds. Can you imagine though if they just like mixed it up and like showed up with like you know hairy chests and necklaces and like rave clothes on and sunglasses? How scary that would be if the Mormons came to your house like that. If they started rocking it. Yeah, like they pull up like in a, hip like, clothes. Yeah, pull up in like a you know what's that? New Chevys <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't think the world's ready for like a hip religion yet. There was yeah. like some work they were doing with rock and roll churches. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, they still have those. And Do they have those? Yeah, that is still popular. Totally popular. Mine there had was a Starbucks a girl, in it. There was a girl that used to work at Fear Factor. She was a very nice girl, and uh, she uh, was, you know, trying to find her place. And she uh, started going to um, uh, a rock and roll church, saying how much I would really love this rock and roll church. And even though this guy's talking about God, he's really all just about being positive, and that's the the vehicle that he uses. For a lot of people, man religion can give you some inspiration, but there comes a certain point in time where you have to pop the training wheels off and you have to recognize that all this morality that you've developed is good because it's good to treat other people good. It's good to treat other people the way you would like to be treated yourself. It's like a fucking golden rule and there's a reason for it. And that reason is that we're connected in some strange way that we don't totally understand. Unless you are good to other people around you, unless you're kind and friendly and warm and loving, you're not going to fucking enjoy this life. You're just not. 
You're going to be problems everywhere you go. You're going to have problems everywhere you go. You got to figure out a way to enjoy this fucking life. It's not because of Jesus. It's not because of Moses. It's not because of anybody that may or may not have ever existed. It's because that's how you fit in better in the world. That's how you stay positive. And it doesn't have to be some shit that was written 5,000 years ago on fucking animal skins. That doesn't have to be the golden rule because it's old. You know, that's dumb. We need to figure out like now today, what, what is, you know, the best way to live your life? What is the, you know, there, there's got to be ways you can be putting forward the most positive energy. I mean, we know objectively what's causing pollution. We know objectively what's causing birth defects and, you know, and we're taking in too much chemicals and not enough vitamins. We know objectively all this stuff. We know how to organize our world and yet we don't do it. We know how to organize our health and yet very few people do it. We know all these things. The right path to like being like a happy, healthy person is to do all the shit that we already know you're supposed to do. Take care of your body. Take care of your health. Take care of your mind, your stress. Meditate, be kind to people. We all know that. I mean, you ask anybody, they know how to get by and to be the, 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 the most evolved version of you that you can be. I mean, it's not like a, a magical checklist. If you talk to people about it, you said, okay, here, you're, you got a person, you want to improve them. What are the things that you're going to do to them? Okay, well, if I was a life coach, the first thing I would say is this guy's got to get on a diet that makes him healthy. I don't mean a diet just to lose weight. I mean just healthy foods in your body, many, many vegetables, vegetables, a lot of good, good quality protein, a lot of water, stop the sodas, stop the bullshit. Start working out your body and get a better sense of like how this machine feels when it's moving, it's flowing better, there's less tension in it, your mind feels like relaxed and, and you enjoy every single moment of the day better. Step one, everybody knows that step, right? What's step two? Be cool to people. Be nice to as many people as you can. Smile at as many people as you can. Have them smile back at you. Tip well when you go to restaurants. Just do the most you can. Be as nice as you can. You know, and just still manage to not have people walk all over you. Just get through this life as nice as you can. What else? Do what you want to do with your life, right? Don't don't go be doing something you don't enjoy. Don't do something that's don't get locked into you know a, a car that you can't afford and doing something crazy because you need the money. Don't don't do that. Do what you want to do. Do what the fuck is it that you really want to do? Because if someone else is doing it, you can do it. You know, I mean, everybody makes their own path through this world. But a lot of people don't follow the path that they really fucking feel pulled to. You know, just for whatever reason, they got negative programming. You know, when they were kids, someone told them they couldn't do it or told them to take the shortcut or, or take the, uh, the, the sure route. That's a, a sad thing, man, when you talk to dudes, especially like talented dudes, and they don't follow up with what they want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. You know anybody like that? I don't know, but I was just thinking to your list that I think – you should never stop tickling people, and I don't know why it's looked down upon. Because I enjoy I making like people it. laugh in all, I don't you like know, including forcing me. them to laugh. You know? I don't like people tickling me. Why? Are you ticklish? Yeah, I'm ticklish. Yeah. <laughs> where are you tickling? I think tickle. You know? Do you know where ticklish? This is an interesting subject. Do you know where this comes from? What? No. It's an evolutionary trait, and it's from uh, being freaked out instantly and immediately about spiders and, and insects crawling on you. Because really? if you're sleeping on the ground, yeah. Because if you're sleeping on the ground ah. and uh, something's on you and you fucking move like that, that's right. what ticklish is. You're trying right. to avoid these right. instant reactions to these weird sensitive areas of your body, especially things where things can crawl, like under your armpits. You touch my armpit, I'll jump through the fucking roof. I, f I fucking, <laughs> but that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is all. Um, it's uh, an evolutionary thing. It's, I did not know that. Yeah. It makes sense. 
Of course. Why else would you have this extreme reaction on the bottom of your feet? That's Why where you're are stepping some on things. people not ticklish at all, though? I mean, like because they're dopes and they're supposed to die. Because you know, I, I dated this girl that <laughs> I even went to their, la- you know, the the well, last. You have your answer. Spot. She was willing to date you, so you know she's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> she, all right, that's a. B. Um, she's she's ready to be bitten by a spider. She's right. Ready. I always go for the butthole as the last move, though. <laughs> like if you're not ticklish, you're ticklish in the butthole, and then wow, that usually gets them. You ever watch a porno where a girl's got a rubber butthole and you're like, this is ridiculous. How is this chick taking this in the ass? She's oh, getting right. pounded in the ass. Yeah. How do they do that? I don't know, but I'm You've never... seen the Belladonna one. Uh, dude, she's crazy. And so is, we talked uh, about that on Dana. the podcast before where we, we looked it up and then we found out there was like, we looked up um, baseball bat porn because we thought it would only be the one Belladonna video. No, there's like a bunch of videos of chicks with bats up their uh. ass. I think it's once a girl puts a bat up her ass, then the the other porn guys like they come to the other chicks and go, "See, look, she's willing yeah, to do it." Yeah. Well, you don't want to do it. You don't want to work. You just can add it to your resume. That's like an extra job that you would get that you you know you wouldn't have got before. You know, it's a dark road, son. That's kind of weird. I would like to see like the resumes of some of these girls. Like, we'll do baseball bats. We'll <laughs> eat donkey ass. Here's you know, a we'll... fucking funny story. There was a dude uh, that was uh, friends with a friend of mine. I didn't know the guy that well, but uh, he was dating a porno star. And uh, he was like trying to be cool with it because he didn't have any money and she was, you know, paying the bills and shit. And he was, I think he was a musician. And uh, <laughs> she came home with a contract and he was just, you know, hey, it's just sex, man. It's no big deal. Like, yeah, I'm allowed to fuck other girls when I'm on the road too. You know, we're just open. It's no big deal. And she doesn't fuck any of those guys when she's not working with them. You know, the whole deal. He had this whole rationalization thing. And then he got a contract and he was going over the contract and he goes, what's this? What's this? What's this airtight? What does that mean? <laughs> And she goes, airtight is one in my mouth, one in my asshole, one in my pussy. And he goes, this this relationship's over. <laughs> she said, That's it. He just fucking threw in the towel right then and there. He's like, what? 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 At the same time, one in your asshole, one in your... And they have a name for it. Okay, and you're about to go airtight? Yeah. yeah. Uh, done. That's it. <laughs> Put a fucking fork in it, hooker. <laughs> you go triple rainbow. Damn. First of all, you know, any girl that would let you do that, any girl, whoa, any girl that wants to do that, and any girl that is in a relationship where the man is like cool with her doing that, you got a whole lot of problems. There's, there, there was this girl who was, uh, there's this guy, I, uh, not Einstein, uh, uh, Salami was his name. He, uh, I think he lives in Seattle now. Cool dude. He was a porn producer. Didn't like it. Got out of it. He said the whole business is just fucked up. It's all crazy and everyone's a mess. And he just wants to be a healthier person. So now he's teaching jujitsu. Super nice guy. So anyway, um, he uh, <laughs> tells us, "Hey man, come come see me. We're we're doing a porno shoot. Uh, come uh, come watch it. It's pretty fun." So uh, I was with Tate, and we we're like, "All right, fuck it, we'll go." We just got back from the road. We just landed from some gig. And this is when Tate was staying with me. So before we went to my house, we just drove to this guy's fucking porno shoot. I mean, right out of the airport, right? We walk in the door. We walk in the door, and there's this one guy with guns tattooed on his body. He's got, like, guns. Like, yeah, one of those dudes. And then the other guy is just this regular muscle-looking dude. And they are ruining this bitch. They are ruining her. One guy is pounding her asshole with his dick, and one guy is fucking her mouth. And every couple seconds, they pull her off off the dick and spit in her mouth. So this girl goes through this terrible day of all this, spitting, fucking her asshole, fucking her pussy. And then, when it's all over, she goes into the shower, and she wants everyone to piss in her mouth. 
So these porno stars start peeing in her mouth, and she sits there with her mouth open, and then the, she wants a director to do it. You, get over here. So the director goes over, and he pees in her mouth. Wow. And I am watching this whole thing. I'm like, this might be the saddest shit I've ever seen in my life. This girl is on her knees in the shower, okay? The water's pouring all over her. She's totally wet. She's been pounded in the asshole in the mouth all day. Uh, two dudes have taken turns spitting in her mouth. Oh, three dudes, because the director did it, too. Oh He's spitting in her mouth, too. Everybody was spitting in her mouth. Whoa. And now she's on her knees, and there's a dude pissing in her mouth and they're filming it and i'm like wow so then she goes my boyfriend's gonna pick me up at blah you know four or something like that and we're like your boyfriend oh man that's like, ridiculous and i didn't want to talk to her i didn't want to be mean i didn't want to be judgmental i didn't want to say anything i, I introduced myself hi joe nice to meet you like i'm gonna watch you fuck <laughs> me and my friend tate here we're gonna sit and watch you get fucked so we were sitting like maybe fucking 10 feet away from this standing standing like maybe 10 feet away while this these two dudes were pounding on this chick and then these guys peed in this girl's mouth and then she starts talking about her boyfriend what does your boyfriend do he's a cook so like a a short order cook at some like denny's or some shit like that oh my god and uh you know and i go is your is your husband um cool with all this yeah he's cool with it as long as i keep bringing home checks he's cool with it and so uh, Tate goes, Does, uh, is he allowed to fuck anybody else? She goes, he better not. I'll fucking kill him. Oh, my God. We're like, whoa. He better not. I'll fucking kill him. Like, what did I just watch? <laughs> this is just, this might be the nuttiest fucking scene I've ever been a part of in my whole life. I'm like, this is so strange. That is awful. Do you remember her name? Like, her no, bar name or anything? I have no idea. I wouldn't remember her face, her name, anything. I'd never seen her before again. There's so many of them, dude. There's so much porn going on out here. There's so many dudes that I know... I know so many guys from jiu-jitsu, uh, Tyler Knight, I know him, he's a porn dude, very cool guy, he's got a really awesome blog too, he writes about gangbang scenes and shit right. like that, and uh, Jake Steed used to train at uh, Machado's, and then um, there was another dude that used to train at the Machado's, TT Boy, and then uh, John LaFour, well, that's his real name, I'm not supposed to, Vince Voyer. Vince Vore is another fucking male porn star. There's like a gang of them, man. There's like all these porn guys. There's so many, so much porn going on out here. It's ridiculous. They're all, girls come out here with like, you know, whatever issues and, you know, looking for a dream and a lot of them, it doesn't work out and next thing you know, they're doing porn and then there's girls that just have always wanted to get into porn and then they just fucking like Sasha Gray type chicks. They come here when they're 18, like right. good to go, ready to suck dick on film. Mm-hmm. Whew. It's kind of depressing, actually. But it makes, you know, the grocery store at 2 a.m. a lot better, you know, because you're just walking around and there's some porn chick half-wasted <laughs> trying to get cantaloupes. <sighs> it's, nice. it's way worse when you have kids, dude. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I have a hard time beating off to porn these days. Yeah. I have to, like, shut off the compassionate part of my brain. Really? <laughs> yeah. The compassionate part of my brain wants to go, okay, what if this is my daughter? With you know, my daughter was doing this, and guys were holding her eyelids open and jizzing in her eyeball. You know, I've watched that the other day, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is someone's baby, someone's little baby girl. You know, and someone's fucking her mouth like that. Maybe she likes it. You know, some <laughs> girls do like that. So you can't you can't say always that it's terrible, but you know, for a por chances are, if you're getting pounded in a porno film, that's not really what you want to be doing. You should try to figure out something else that you can masturbate to, like start like getting attracted to something on purpose <laughs> to try to train Someone's going to come up with anime porn. Yeah. Just get over some fucking awesome CGI, you know, yeah. use the Quake 4 engine. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> once it gets to the point where um, pornography can be artificially created, 
then it'll be way better. It's karma-free porn. Today's the day that Doc set the time machine to go back to and Back to the Future. Right? Really? Yeah. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. How do you know that? Somebody tweeted it earlier today. I didn't research it, so it might be fake. Could you imagine if they really do invent a time machine one day? Because the real thing about time machines that people aren't aware of, there's like scientists that actually try to like study time travel and whether or not. There's a guy who's in a fucking awesome story. His name is uh, Ronald Mallet. Dr. Ronald Mallet, I believe, from Connecticut. See if you Google that shit. See if that's his name. Okay. But anyway, the guy has a fantastic story. He's, he's like the leading um, scientist when it comes to uh, theoretical models for time travel. What was his name? Ronald Mallet from, I believe, University of Connecticut. And he, he has like a working model. Yeah, it is Ronald Mallet. He has a working model of a M-A-L-L-E-T-T or one, one T or two T's. T-T. Two L's, T-T. Ronald M-A-L-L-E-T-T. Look him up on Google. And there's some videos about him. But his dad died. It's a crazy story. His dad died when he was a kid. And he was so hurt. He loved his father. There's all those photos of him and his father and his father smiling and he's smiling. He was so close to his father. When his father died, it crushed him. And so he dedicated his life to creating a time machine. <coughs> He dedicated his life to creating a time machine so that he could go back in time and save his father so his father would be with him again. So that was the entire focus of his life. And he got to a certain point where he realized that you can someday, it is possible to travel back in time, but it's not something that you're going to be able to go back to any point in history. You're only going to be able to go back in time to the moment that the first time machine was invented. So what will be able to be possible is you'll be able to, the moment there is a time machine invented, you'll that day, from that day on, you'll be able to go to any point in history that you want. So you can go to, you know, assuming there's human beings around, you know, assuming the, the world hasn't been hit by another planet or some crazy shit, you'll be able to go to, you know, one million years from now. Let's see what the world looks like one million years from now because there will be time machines functional back then or in I that see, future. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is then... This is the this you know this is all theoretical, but the problem is that any moment in time could also go back to the moment the first time machine was invented. So if you can travel back in time from any moment in time, that's like millions of years. In fact, infinite if people are still alive of of time of years of people going back to the moment of the first time machine being invented. So it's literally like the whole notion of time gets broken. You know, there's no, there's no like real future. It all kind of happens all at once. So it literally fucks with the entire fabric of the universe. Everything can come back to the moment that the first time machine was invented. It like breaks everything. So this is like real shit they're working on. Like this, this guy is like really convinced that this is a possible thing. That's craziness. Beyond. Here's, some, here's something else. Uh, Back to the Future Three. If you look at the very end of the movie, when Doc's has his kids and he's like telling, like, "See ya, Marty. Everything's gonna be good." You know, look at one of the kids. The kid starts going like this, like, "Come here," or put something in my hand, and then he points to his dick. What? It is so ridiculous. And just got snuck through. Somehow it snuck through. But I'm talking about like a six-year-old. Dude, people were so stupid back then. They didn't even know. So yeah, <laughs> Check, I, you can find on YouTube like Back to the Future three points to package. Kid. Is that one of those movies that you go watch it today and it would disappoint the shit out of yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, not that, so good. Huh? Not so good. I mean, I I saw the first one the other day and it was okay, but then I saw the third one and it was just so dumb. I didn't even want to watch it. So. Yeah, man, the evolution of movies has been pretty fucking pretty obvious. Yeah. You know, the evolution of what we accept. 
mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, people talk about Avatar being silly and ridiculous, but still. You see Toy Story 3 yet? No. I heard it's awesome. It's awesome. Is it? Yeah. Those, the best. All that animation stuff just freaks me the fuck out. I was reading in Wired that there's some insane amount of time for, like, every frame for as far as, like, um, rendering. Some, like, seven-hour fucking time for each frame to wow. render. Isn't that insane? Which movie though? This can't be. It was now. a Pixar Is it movie. Now? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Hmm. It better Google like that. They, it seems like it would be better than. I could go into the living room and go get that uh, that magazine, but I don't know exactly where it is, and I don't want to get up. But the idea is that it's still even in to this day, it's very difficult to do. The whole um, even if my time frame is wrong, the uh, whole um, why don't you just go look under Wired. Pixar. Pixar. Not Pixel. Um, but it's it's still not quite there yet as far as like the, the technology that's that's going to exist one day where you can create instant artificial people. You know, you remember like the editing that you're doing right now just with um, Final Cut, mm-hmm. you know, on just doing it on a regular home computer on Apple. Mm-hmm. I mean, that this is the kind of shit that, 10 years ago it's like fucking dreaming right you know you're dreaming bitch like you, you know what you're gonna be able to edit and and how fast is it gonna render are you gonna put shit together it's that easy 20 years ago science fiction right 20 years ago science fiction 30 years ago super crazy science fiction that's like ridiculous you're, you're talking you're talking about something that's just like people would look at in the movies and go wow you know <laughs> yeah. like minority report type shit yeah where they make it look like you can do it now but it really is not going to exist for another you know 100 years or so what did you say how many hours i think they said seven yeah that's what they just seven they hours just read it seven hours yeah seven hours per pixel yeah yeah what the fuck man that's and that's ridiculous. like that's like a supercomputer too right don't they use like a server oh, i'm farm? sure they use yeah a huge cloud of computers definitely yeah, man. that's, that's ridiculous those movies take a lot of fucking time but god damn they're cool as fuck so seven, seven hours now so in 10 years that means we could do pixar movies on our phone oh yeah yeah that's inevitable right ah, that's gonna be awesome hey dude check out toy story 80 huh if they don't break the universe before then yeah all right that's my latest theory that the, the human beings create the big bang i've been talking about it on that stage I think that's what we're doing. I think that's what, I think that's why the big I think 14, 14 billion years ago plus was the big bang. I think it was a lonely dude in his basement who figured out a way to break the universe and he had a switch and he wanted to see what happened and he clicked it. And the whole thing just went <laughs> I think that's what happens. And then and then, you know, people get curious and we develop to a certain point in time where we repeat the process. Isn't that possible? I mean, nobody knows what the fuck created the Big Bang, right? But when you see scientists working on shit like the Large Hadron Collider, the Large Hadron Collider is this crazy experiment that they're participating in right now in Europe where they've got this 22-kilometer long machine, and it spins these atoms around and collides them. It's just, just slightly slower than the speed of light. And they're trying to recreate a thing called the Higgs boson particle. Now they believe there's actually five different Higgs boson particles. They're trying to figure out like what what existed. They call it the God particle, for lack of a better word, and it's what existed just a millisecond, you know, a fraction of a millisecond, even uh, right after the Big Bang. So when they get that, when they figure out how to do that, and if they do recreate the Higgs boson, if they do really, you know, find out it's not just a theoretical particle but it's real, when they do that, they're not going to stop there. They're not going to stop there. They're going to keep going. 
They're gonna, the, what's the next thing? This is, they got 10,000 scientists working on that. This is the biggest project in scientific history. And it has nothing to do with making our lives better. Technology at one point in time was all about making your life better. Technology was about, you know, hey, we need to get water and we don't want to, you know, just have to drink it out of the river every time. We need to get it and bring it back to camp. What do we do? We figured out how to make a jug. You know, I mean, that's technology. Technology today, the shit like the Higgs-Boson particle, shit like the Large Hadron Collider, shit like making time machines, like, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not fixing the hole in the ground in the gulf that's making the oil pull out. Shouldn't they pull all the scientists off everything and go, okay, we got to fix this before the whole ocean gets poisoned? I've always wondered why they don't do that anyway. So with cancer, well, with anything, it's just like, all right, so all you guys, thing. we're going to you know, take all the scientists right. at once, cancer, one year, do it. You well, know? It's, you know, these guys aren't experts in their fields, obviously. You I mean... You can't know everything about everything. It's a silly concept. I mean, what I'm saying. But it would be great if they took all the top scientists from all the different disciplines that would be involved and they immediately allocated funds to get them to work on the project instantly. And just the government step. I mean, I'm not in favor of the government stepping in. But in this case, I would say this is not just a natural disaster. This is a fucking catastrophic disaster where apocalyptic disaster where they need to step in and do something about this immediately. They need to like impose like almost like a martial law type of a thing. Take over the, the whole, you know, but then again, who's going to be good that's doing that for the government? The government would have to involve the private sector and then the private sector would try to make a lot of money from it and they would try to fuck people over and it would be a big scandal and it'd be like Halliburton and they'd find out billions of dollars are missing from the, you know, Whatever. My fucking idea sucks. You see that baby in China that was born with a second face? Dude, I did, and I didn't want to look. Oh, sorry. I saw it, and I, I shut it off. That shit depresses the fuck out of me. It's, it's pretty amazing, though. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's a second face, and it kind of looks like, what is that movie, uh, yeah. Phantom of the Opera or whatever? Yeah. But it's, I mean, did, did you, does it say if they were going to be able to fix the kid? Or? I don't know, dude. I didn't read it. It depresses the shit out of me. Just like the one that I saw the other day where there's a, a, a baby that was born. It was like a fish baby. And like the, the skin had this very strange disease. That shit's so depressing to me, man. You know, yeah. fucked at birth. Yeah. And especially, man, it's depressing when you find out that it's due to uh, birth defects because of chemicals. People that worked at factories and you know people that were uh, given chemicals they shouldn't have been given while they were pregnant. And man, China, China is a tricky place right now. Man, China has some of the most polluted cities in the world. Have yeah. you ever seen videos on that? Have you ever seen? Is that the same where they're dropping all like all our old computers and cell phones are all going there? Is that China? Like I don't those, know. Do they go to China? Yeah, there's somewhere they go, and it's just t cities that are too, like kind of like what's that Wally -E movie where it's cities of just old computers and stuff like really? that. Really? Yeah. Let's find out where they go. Okay. Let's find out because I never heard of that before. Really? But I, I, oh. No, but I do know that you know China has terrible pollution pollution problems. And there was one city where they showed it. Was it a VBS TV doc? Some doc that I watched on the most polluted city in the world, and just one day in this city, just just breathing the air is like smoking three packs of cigarettes a day wow so every fucking day you're there you're smoking three packs of cigarettes a day the, the sky was brown man it was crazy like you couldn't see shit like it will it took smog to a like la's nasty dude when you come over like when you're coming from the valley and you come over that hill and mm -hmm. you see everything brown and you can't even see the fucking mountains outside of like pasadena you can't see the mountains and you look at it and you go, what the fuck are we doing to the air? That ain't shit compared to China. Right. China's five times worse than that. It is the nuttiest shit you've ever seen in your life. They, 
I don't know what kind of laws they have. I don't know how they get away with shit like that. But the, the factories just pump shit out. What is this? So we have a photo. You found the dangers of old computers. There's a computer wasteland. Does it say what country? China. China. A woman in Irish China was about to smash. Yeah, I mean, everybody keeps going off about how great the economy is in China. And China's, you know, becoming like a capitalist economy. And, you know, Chinese people are, you know, the, the whole country is, uh, it's changing and flourishing. And we owe America, owes China so much. And then you look at what China's really doing, like Concam, you know, or a Foxconn, rather. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that the name of the company? Yeah, Foxconn. Foxconn's where all those guys who are working for Apple keep killing themselves. <laughs> they, they help make iPhones. Speaking of, how do you like your new iPhone? I had to get a new one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you did? Yeah, I had to get a new one. What happened? It wouldn't accept the SIM card. It kept saying my, I didn't have a SIM card. Oh, yeah. yeah. Crazy. I don't know what happened. It just kept doing it. Kept saying no SIM card, no SIM card. And so... <sighs> Finally, eventually, I had to bring it back to him. Yeah. So, do you want to see live uh, me going from three bars to zero service? Oh, okay. This is the thing where if you touch the bottom, it says uh, it does something. First, I show it. Okay. If you don't know, nobody can see this, man. This fucking web camera sucks. You can see I have bars. Okay. You can at least see I have a couple bars, right? Well, just just do it and tell us what's happening. Okay. It's going. It's going from. I just went to three. It was on four actually. Um, it's now a two. Oh wow! And it's now going to go to one any second now. So it just slowly drops. Yeah. You know what Apple says? They say that it's an error in the phones. Wow! Drop down to one. That's crazy. It's going to go to no service now. They say that it's a an error in the phone's computing, and that it is. Uh, it's not an error. Wow! It's saying no it's signal. It's just searching. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let it go now. And then it'll go back up. And so Apple's trying to say that it's not a real problem. They're trying to say that what you're, you're getting is just a more accurate representation of the signals. Wow, now it's got a signal. Yeah. Which is whack. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because if they're saying, what they're saying is, like, if this is wrong, if you don't have three bars right now, you actually have one bar, and covering up the antenna will make it go down. I well, just no, it's, a stupid, it's yeah. a stupid thing to say. Because, okay, so you're saying that the phone just calculates the bars incorrectly, and really when you touch it a certain way, then it calculates them right? What, do you, what is that, the truth button? The fuck are you talking about? You have, you have a button, and it, it, it's a part of the phone, and if you touch it, it, tells, it makes the phone honest with you? That's stupid. That's a hardware problem, you cocksucker. Right. It doesn't do it with the case, which which is good because I never use my iPhone without a yeah. case anyway. You, you get signal here, man. Yeah. You should get signal. Yeah, I got... Three. And when you that's had no signal, that's not normal. Right. But, but the problem is, is what are they going to really do about it? Is this software update just going to make all the... Everyone... That just not happen? You're just going to always have lower signal than normal? I don't know. I, I, I don't buy it. Somebody just made up a whack excuse. Right. Because if they didn't make up a whack excuse, they would have had to have some massive fucking recall. Yeah. People would have gone nuts. There's class action lawsuit in the works. Yeah, but they said it's, it, it, it does it on the 3G and the... Th- the yeah, thing, you yeah, know, the 3GS. Sure. But I tried it on my 3GS and I couldn't do it. Really? I, couldn't, I tried the bottom right. Though, I tried doing top. It. Oh, really? Yeah. I couldn't do it. Maybe they broke theirs or something. Maybe. Maybe it was older models. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a stupid way to, to deal with the issue, though. Tell people they have to buy a bumper, especially when you're selling bumpers for 30 bucks, which is kind of douchey in and of itself. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, why do you, how come if I drop it, it's fucked? Right. So Even you, with that bumper. Yeah. So you give me this little thing to put around it. Oh, how much is this little thing? 30 bucks. Right. This is 30 bucks. Right. And only Apple makes it. And it should have came with it. Fucking, you got a Blackberry yeah. the other day. It came with a leather case. Yeah. I can't get a little piece of rubber. I know. You know, so I went to uh, Best Buy and I bought two of the only cases that Best Buy sells, you know, that cover the back. Right. So uh, the first one I put on, it was so tight and poorly made, I think it was Belkin, that the top button just automatically was always pushed down. So it was just resetting my phone over and over. So I had a second one that I was going to give to you, and I opened that one and tried it again. Same thing, went online, found out that's the problem with the case. So then I bought this other one from Griffith that, that had a, a, a plastic back to it. Uh, and every time you took a photo, it would flash and hit the plastic and flash back into the camera, and every photo looked like shit. Oh, and no. I went back online, same exact thing across the board. Oh. So the only case we can get how right the, now is this one that won't the protect the back. How did they not fix that? How, how do they not have cases for an iPhone? Come on, Apple. Where's... What? All right, so if I break this, you're going to replace the back because there's no other fucking case. What is, and what is the deal with this this glass on the back? Why do you have glass on the back? For reception issues. But, is that I what mean, it is? Look is that what it is? Yeah, it's what it's supposed to be for. It's supposed to be for better reception. Wow. I mean, come on. You're carrying a piece of glass in your pocket. What are the odds that thing's going to break and stab in your fucking, fucking leg and cut your dick <laughs> Wait off? Wait for the per- first person to sit on the back of their phone and, and get it. goes a- up their asshole yeah. and they you die. Watch. What do you think, a month? Can you imagine if that's how you died? <sighs> You yeah. sat on an iPhone, it went up your ass, and that killed you. Yeah. What was that guy that used to, sh- uh, on 30 Ways to Die or whatever, 99 Ways to Die, he put glass things up his ass and sat on them? Remember, he had like this fetish of putting a glass, whatever. Dude. That was a bad story. Was that one of those episodes? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That show is disturbing as fuck. I like you that find show. Out all it's the ways different people have died. Spike's doing good with their shows. That's a know? good one. Yeah. That's a good short attention span show. You just flip in, you know, anytime you flip it through the channels and they'll start like a real kind of like a, um, what's the word? Uh, just a, a hokey sort of a, a reenactment, you know, where it's, there's like a certain amount of humor to it, you know, mm-hmm. and they know they're going to show you a fucked up way some guy died. Yeah. It's kind of creepy to watch that, but it's interesting to me because then I think about all these, I have that extra thought every time, you know, I want to shove something up my ass. I know I might die from it, you know, oh, Brian. <laughs> you know, you so, know what I mean? Though. Like, I do know. I do know. It's a hard urge to resist shoving things up your ass. Sometimes it just overcomes you. Or or just crossing the street with my eyes closed. You know, whatever the you seen story one, is. You showed me one guy one cup, didn't you? Somebody did. One guy one cup. I think you showed it to me, man. <clears throat> I, I, think, I, I don't look for those things anymore. That was the one where the guy put a jar up his asshole. Right. And then he sat down and his asshole crushed the jar mm-hmm. and chunks of glass and blood start falling out of this guy's body and he doesn't even freak out that's the most disturbing you, you, part about you know it. i still don't know if i believe everything anymore oh i believe that one i don't know if that's a fake glass if anymore. that guy if that's not fake someone needs a goddamn academy award well, the bme pan olympics was fake no it's not yeah huh? a lot of that is not fake no it is all fake people say it's fake the, i don't believe the person them. that 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 knows the most about it. i have it on my There's website some parts of that were real wasn't that one where wasn't one of them the guy cut his finger off Huh? Wasn't that the BME? No, no, no. The Pan Olympics was where they're just chopping their balls off and stuff like that. They're all blurry to me, man. They're all the same to me. Isn't that sad? Yeah. (laughs) They're all the... All the the violence videos go together. I know there's one where a guy cut his finger off where it's absolutely real. Yeah, I'm sure that might be real. There's fucking crazy people. This guy with the jar up his asshole's real, dude. It's really pretty pretty obvious it's real. You believe we landed on the moon, too, don't you? It's nasty. 
I don't know what the fuck happened to that dude when he was a kid that made him want to shove bottles up his asshole and have him crush inside of him and then drop out. Mm-hmm. What happened? What is it? Lindsay Lohan's your mom. Do you think that'll do it? <laughs> fuck yeah. Can you imagine Lindsay Lohan as your mom and fucking the dude from Jackass, Steve-O, as your dad? Do you think she can get pregnant? Uh, No. She's probably so Dude, broken up. Like, like you said, you, we just saw that I was, she was 24. Yeah. I, I thought for sure she was like over 30. I, I forgot all about just her being a young at her, right? Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if I could. It's hard action, man. That I chick's out there doing it every night. Yeah. You're the one who told me that she got um, a tooth pulled just so she could get back on Vicodin? Well, yeah. <laughs> supposedly when she got that scram bracelet on or whatever it's called, that she immediately had a dentist appointment like the next day that was supposedly priorly you know, uh, prior to this, whatever. And she had like a tooth pulled or she had something that she had done, but it was like, Oh, now she's allowed to have Viking. And that's really that's nice hilarious. for her. <laughs> so the, so she's got this crazy bracelet on and says she has to stay sober. Right. And the dentist gives her Viking. First of all, she don't need to get fucking Viking. I've had teeth pulled. I've had shit happen. Right. You just deal with it. It's not that bad. I have a knee surgery. I, I didn't Viking. take pain medication. I took Vicodin when I had my first ACL reconstruction. It made me feel so stupid. It just made me feel so dumb. And I, I sold them to some dude at the pool hall. This dude named Jeff. You did not do that. Yes, Joe. I did. You I did sold not those. sell them. I sold them to my Allegedly. friend Jeff. And Jeff sold them all throughout the pool hall. People gobble those Vicodins up. They love them. I had a friend who was a guitarist. He used to say that it made him uh, more creative. What? Yeah. So that's the opposite effect it does to me. To me, it makes me feel fucking useless and dumb. That's all it does. Yeah, but I think everybody's brain is working, working differently, man. I mean, slightly. I think we all have different levels of different chemicals and different, you know. His music we? was probably fucking retarded then. Well, no, he was a, <laughs> uh, no, he was a classical guitarist. He was really good. He was, um, uh, like, you know, he went to, like, competitions and shit. It was fucking badass. Like worst song at ever competition? No, man. He would <laughs> s- play songs that already existed. You know, like Spanish uh, flamenca right. songs, right. that kind of shit. He was just, he's a brilliant guitarist. And he said we would take Vicodins. It would make him more creative. I don't know. But, you know, everybody's brains. He's a, a, a fucking crazy dude. He was a, a former uh, Taekwondo champion, my friend Dimitri. And he was a big fucking burly manly giant dude from the Ukraine, you know, his his family's a bunch of fucking savages, a bunch of Russian fucking animals. And maybe the Vicodin just helped calm his inner monkey enough so that he could, you know, he could tune into his creative oh, spirit true, better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everyone's different. Right. So this this dude's the only dude that I've ever talked to that said Vicodin's made him creative. And so that could easily have been it, you know? Everybody's got their own fucking thing, man. I mean, how many people have you come across where you go, this guy's just broken. His brain's just not wired right. His body's not wired right. He just mm-hmm. he got the wrong levels of all kinds of shit when he was in the womb. Mm-hmm. Totally. Poor Lindsay. That's our message for Lindsay. Hang in there, girl. You could you are going to get out in three months, and I think that's when little Wayne gets out too, and you can get together and make a fucking badass CD. How about that? As Brock says, put some underwear on. How about if Lindsay starts fucking rapping while she's in the in the pokey and comes out <laughs> dude, like some badass you know much, bitch rapper? Dude, she's going to get fucking laid so much. Dude, it's probably she's probably going to in love jail. It. Yeah, she's probably who's going to fuck her in jail, chicks? Dude, dude she's no. in heaven. She's going to come out she with a lesbian. This, hell yeah, she is. How do you know this? Well, she used to uh, date Samantha Ron- Ronson or whatever, Who whatever her Samantha name is. Samantha Ronson? A really sweet DJ. You know DJs? I know Sam, Sam I know one DJ, and I don't know why I know him, because everybody always talks about that guy, Tiesto. 
Mm-hmm. Craig Borsari, one of the dudes who uh, works for the UFC, I think he was the one who was telling me about this. The guy sells out these gigantic fucking stadiums. Mm-hmm. Might have been Craig. I'm not sure. But he's like this huge, huge, huge fucking DJ where he sells out like just gigantic events all over the world, man. They come to see this guy do DJ and he makes his own like electronic music. It's huge. I love it. But how do you know? How do you find out about these guys? Uh, I used to do MySpace, but now Pan- Pandora. Pandora. Yeah. Just put in Poor like, MySpace. If you want to start off slow, just put in Fatboy Slim and then make a radio station based off that or something like that. And then yeah, we talked about this. Pandora's pretty badass. Yeah. yeah, I like the idea. Creating your own radio station. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So, Brock. Brock Lesnar and Shane Carwin. That was crazy. Brian was there. Yeah. On the floor. Amazing. What a... I'm so that glad they didn't stop event. it, man. Oh, yeah. He, Brock is one of those too. people that the, they don't have to worry about stopping. It's going to take a, a few trains to, to really stop the guy. So a I'm few glad trains? that, you know, I mean, you know, trains to the head. But I mean, the, the, he, the, they didn't stop it. So I was happy. I was just, I was so scared they're going to stop it. Yeah. Well, you know, it looked like they were going to stop it. I mean, he was just covering up and Shane Carn was bombing on him and props to referee Josh Rosenthal yeah. because if it wasn't for Josh Rosenthal they you know, someone easily could have pulled the trigger earlier. Right. You know, there's a few guys that I wouldn't have trusted in that situation, but Josh saw that he was okay. He was going to get through it. And he saw that Shane's punches were coming slower and slower. And Shane, unfortunately, just blew his wad. He, um, you know, he had an adrenaline dump, I'm sure. The excitement of the fact that he had uh, the champ hurt on his back and that he was on top. And he's like, this is over. This fucking thing's over. And he's pounding him and pounding him and pounding him. And then all of a sudden, he's like, fuck, there's two minutes left to go in this round. You know, and then he's got to keep going. And by the end of those two minutes, there was nothing left. He got back to his corner and literally could barely get up. His legs were barely walking. And, yeah. and and he was fucked. He said his his legs seized up, and he said he just went out there and he tried to do whatever he could, but his body just was not responding. He just completely adrenaline dumped and completely blew out all of his energy. But goddamn, does he hit him hard before that? Holy shit, that fucking Shane Carwin can punch. He hits so hard. He's so big, but I think he's too big. I think maybe like because he he had to lose like seventeen pounds to make uh, two sixty five, so he's you know walking in like at like somewhere around two eighty ish you know on the day of the fight, so I think that might be too big for his frame. You know I think might be he might be better off if he was like two fifty. You know just a little lighter but with more endurance. His punches are still going to be ridiculously powerful. Nobody could stand up to the way that guy hits. His punches will still be ridiculously powerful, but he'll have a little bit more cardio. You know, Brock is just physically a bigger guy, man. Brock, Brock really has a 270-pound man's body. I mean, he's so wide. He's just a big, giant freak. Carlin's not as wide. You know, he's still big as fuck, got big, giant hands and shit. But, you know, I think Brock maybe can carry a little bit more weight naturally than Shane can. And these guys, when they, when they train really hard with weights and, and powerlifting and shit like that, yeah, it makes you stronger, gives you a lot more muscle, and that, that muscle's got to get fed. It's got to get fed by blood. But God damn, it was exciting as fuck before it was, before it was over. How do you still have his mouthpiece? Have you put yeah, it in yet? Yeah, I got yet? Brock Lesnar's mouthpiece. Have you put it in yet? Tasted the, no. tasted the taste of a warrior? It's right over there. Um, it, he stuck it in my pocket <laughs> after it was awesome. over. I said, I'm going to sell that shit on eBay. But I'm just going to hang on to it. No, that's cool. So, fucking, I'm a fan. It's a yeah. trivia moment. Plus, it was a, what a comeback when he uh, came out for that second round. His hands were up high, and like you know, you just knew like this motherfucker's not going away. He got hit with some bombs, and he was still there and still in really good shape. And that was really the big difference. He took Shane down, got in Shane's half guard, passed, 
got on top of him, got him in an arm triangle, and put him to sleep. It was fucking sweet. Or put him, you know, to tap. He would have gone to sleep. He he really cranked it tight. And Brock is so gigantic. You see, they, they also call it a side choke. There's two different versions of it. There's one like this. You do it like this, and that's why it's called an arm triangle. But the way uh, Brock did it, I think he did it with a gable grip where you do it like this, where it's more, it's really more of a side choke. But Brock is so big and so fucking strong that when he just crushes down like that, like... You really don't have any options, man. You're going to go to sleep. He's just got much too much power. He's just going to crush that whole area between your arm and your neck, and everything's going to get smushed, and there's not going to be any air. That was one of the best UFCs, I think, in a long time, right? Yeah, it was. Dude, I was standing up during the the Lesnar fight. It was so exciting, I couldn't fucking sit down. I stood up. That's awesome. When they when when Carwin hit him and you know he went to the ground, it was like it was the whole thing. There was so much energy in the arena; it was so unbelievable. And then when Brock took him down at the end, it was like the whole thing was just so. And then when he tapped, like it was just fucking craziness, man. There was so much energy. I stood up like three or four times. Right. I don't do that, man. That's the only fight I've ever had to stand up in the middle of it because it was so crazy. The like as far as like sheer entertainment value, what a fucking fight. There was a bunch of sheer entertainment value fights that were just off the charts. Like Lieben and Akiyama. Holy uh, yeah. shit. Yeah, that was crazy, man. God. For sheer entertainment, that fight was better than any fucking movie that's ever been made. Has there ever been any photos of his face since then? Uh, Lieben? Yeah. Dude, Lieben's probably fine. Probably really? looks today like nobody hit him. Really? Yeah, he's tough as fuck. Damn. He can take a shot, dude. He got nailed. His legs went rubbery. He bounces backwards for a second and then starts walking forwards again like a fucking zombie. It was incredible. He was he was like literally like right out of twenty eight days later. It was fucking crazy. He can take bombs, man. He takes them right on the chin and keeps going. The only person who's been able to put him away is Anderson, and Anderson's just way too fast, way too technical, way too fluid, just way too gifted. Anderson's just on another level. But for a lot of other people, man, you know, it's like Arturo Gotti couldn't fight with with Floyd Mayweather. He got in there with Floyd Mayweather. He just couldn't compete. He couldn't compete with the style. He couldn't compete with the technical superiority, the speed, the reflexes, the the training. Everything was superior and he just got lit up. But when he fought someone like Mickey Ward who was like in his ball, you know, in his his range, he put on some of the the most incredible fights ever. It's just a matter of getting him the right opponent. And Lieben keeps getting better and better. You know, he, he he's like, you know, he's beating like high-level guys. You know, Aaron Simpson, the guy who beat before he beat this guy, is a bad motherfucker, man. Aaron's a serious fucking wrestler. Strong as shit, incredible endurance. I mean, he's just, uh, his fight with Tom Lawler, he got nailed from pillar to post in that first round. And then the second round, you know, he came back and he fucking started taking Lawler down. And in the third round, he came back and, and won that round too and wound up getting the decision when it looked like he was a dead man in the first round. He was getting battered. So this guy's tough as fuck so when Lieben put him away it was like wow like that's that's strong that's a strong statement you know and then the next fight to go right from that two weeks later to fight Akiyama you know and Akiyama is a fucking bad dude man knocked out Dennis Kang he's fast as fuck awesome judo real solid grappler you know he's a good dude so Lieben two fucking sweet wins in a row 
And how about that Christoph Szczynski Stefan Bonner fight? Oh, that, that was shit. probably one of my. That, that's my second favorite of the night, dude. That dude, was amazing. Bonner just attacked like a man possessed. Yeah, that was awesome. He knew that like it was do or die time. He had lost to Coleman. Mm-hmm. He had you know had the the fight with Szczynski. Like he was fight. Look, that guy will always have a home in the UFC because he's a part of the biggest fight in the history of the sport. The most important fight, the fight that got everybody to pay attention. The fight with him and Stefan Bonner when. They were on Spike TV when it was the finals, the ultimate fighter, the very first season. People were so many people were tuning in while the fight was on that I think the the amount of people viewing the fight by the fight by the time the first card started, by the first fight of the card started to Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin. Forrest Griffin's fight, they had it like doubled, tripled, quadrupled. At one point in time, some insane number, like six to ten million, they estimated. I forget what it was, but like some something crazy was watching that fight. Where nobody was watching Spike TV before that. Just people were calling their friends and they were like, dude, you gotta fucking turn this on. Turn on channel, whatever it is. These two guys are beating the shit out of each other. And Forrest Griffin and, and Stefan Bonner had like a movie fight. <laughs> like it wasn't even real. It was like a goddamn every which way but loose Clint Eastwood movie. You know, it was him fighting Tank Murdoch. They beat each other all over the fucking place and kept coming. Yeah. They just went after each other for 15 solid minutes. Nobody backed down for a second. Yeah. You know, so he'll always have, like, a, a strong place in the organization. They'll, they'll, always have a, a, they'll always have love for that dude. But he also knew that he wants to be, you know, back in the heat at, at 205. He wants to be fighting up to his potential. And he knows he's had some good outings and some not-so-good outings. The John Jones fight was a tough loss. He had three tough losses in a row. So he stepped in like a fucking wild man, fought like his life was on the line. I was actually surprised to see him back since, you know, that last one. Yeah. But I'm glad because I always liked that guy. Well, you know, he got <clears throat> he got um, through when Coleman got cut, man. Coleman fought Couture. He got cut. But right before Coleman uh, beat Couture or lost to Couture, rather, he beat Bonner. You know, so are, yeah. you, are you surprised that like Kimbo was not given an extra shot or <sighs> yes and no. I see the point. You know, really, if he wasn't Kimbo, you would have to cut him. Matt Matreon beat him down and it looked like he was, you know, it didn't look like he was in the right kind of condition. It looks like he got really tired. His technical prowess wasn't up to the level of Mitrione. Mitrione had improved much more from his time on The Ultimate Fighter. And you also have to wonder about Kimbo's body. Kimbo had some real knee problems on the show. And the knee problems that he had on the show, they weren't um, like fixable things. It's like bone-on-bone type shit. Like he's worn out the cartilage in one of his knees, which means you can't train as hard. You can't sprawl and you can't you know, do the, the kind of wrestling training that you need. You can't get your legs kicked the way you kind of need to get kicked. You know, he's got like a pr- pretty serious problem. That problem kept him from fighting in the main event or uh, get, getting another uh, uh, shot at uh, getting back in the heat of the show. Remember, he got eliminated and then they offered it to him. They offered him a fight right. and he, he passed on the fight because of his knee. Right. That's not something that gets better. So it's like, how, what, unless he's got some sort of a cartilage replacement surgery or I don't know what they're even able to do these days, he's got a problem with that knee. And that knee is going to keep him from being able to train the way, <clears throat> the way a GSP trains or Tiago Alves trains or, you know, any of the killers. So it's, you know, I don't know. I, I think you could still make a lot of money off the guy and the guy still wants a fight. I look at it as like, you know, Butterbean. Remember when Butterbean was king of the four <laughs> rounders? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you don't use Butterbean on your car just because right. he's not going to beat Larry Holmes. All right. You know, get Butterbean out there. Fuck it. You know, put him out there. It's 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 still entertaining. You know, it's like Chris Lieben. I mean, 
Chris Lieben is, you know, he's battling it out with the best in the world. He's beating Akiyama, beating, you know, he's, he's starting to move up in the chain. But the end of the rainbow for him is always going to be Anderson Silva. You know, Anderson, I mean, look, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. You zig when you should have zag. You run into one of Chris Lieben's punches, you could be in a lot of trouble. But technically, the, the two are so far apart. You know, Anderson is in such a, a different level athletically. To, you know, the, uh, the, his ease of movement, you know, it's just like, what do you do? You're not going to cut Lieben. Why would you cut him? He's one of the most entertaining fighters in the world. So even if he can't beat Anderson, you've got to keep him around. Even if he can never beat the best guy in the world, which I'm not saying he can't. You never, know, you ever, never fucking know. And he's improving and shit happens and weirder things have taken place in this world. But if, even if he doesn't, if he, ne- if he never, if he can never beat Anderson, he should still be around because he's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. he's fucking fun as shit to watch. Yeah. So I think that about Kimbo too. I think Kimbo's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And even though he's not like the, at the level that you know a Gene Dos Santos is or Cain Velasquez is, he's not at that level. I mean, you just got to match him correctly. Just, just accept the fact that this guy is never going to be a title contender. And even though that's not really what the UFC is all about, the UFC is the very best guys fighting the very best guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't maybe hurt th- throwing a young gun in there with a, a gatekeeper. Make Kimbo a gatekeeper. You know, make him a, a guy that you test young guys with. I think that's that makes it kind of interesting. As long as Kimbo wants to keep doing it, and if he keeps losing, and then you know it gets to a point where nobody wants to see him anymore, then maybe stop using him. So Give him think, a chance, though. What do you think Dana White would say about having a UFC bar that was just in the middle? There was an octagon, and every night you just go there, and there's just people fighting constantly. He couldn't do that. <clears throat> you couldn't have that many people fighting. No? No. You'd have, it would too, be too hard to sanction it. It would be too hard to um, ensure that everybody had their proper medicals. It would be too hard to find qualified fighters because they can't fight, but, you know, I mean, Lieben fought Aaron Simpson, and two weeks later he fought Akiyama. Very unusual. For most people, there's a few months off in between fights, and a lot of that is because you get beat up, and you got to relax and rest and, and heal up. You know, If you have any injuries, they have to you know, be fixed. Some guys break their hands. You know, Some guys pull ligaments. They have to get operations. You know, Shogun just got an operation on his knee. Can you imagine, though, if they did that, like in Vegas or something like I that? I think a better bar solution, when since the UFC has this gigantic library of 116 events, right. the best idea is to serve good food, have mm-hmm. a cool bar, and have the UFC plan Steak. on all these different fucking um televisions yeah, yeah. a steak bar with yeah. ufc everywhere yeah. and, and then when during live shows they have like huge movie yes, theater yes during, or they have it on every goddamn tv yeah. in the room during a live show they have it on every goddamn tv in the room and you, you have to pay 20 bucks to get in or whatever it is and call it God da- damn they call would clean the fuck up we're going to the ufc bar because really it would be it's it's really there's a cool thing about watching it live i love watching fights live because it's crazy and you're right there when it's going down it's really Nothing. The experience is nothing like anything you've ever had before. If your seats are good, right? But if your seats aren't that good, you know, if you're in the bleachers, you know, it's kind of cool being there still. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty fucking badass to go to a place with a bunch of other people and watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, like having a UFC bar where people, you know, if you can't afford to go to Vegas, you know, you're right. living in another city. Everybody, all your friends are gonna go to the UFC bar and watch the fight. Totally. I yeah. think it would be for MMA fans alone and everything. I think Dana could have like his own little menu, like Dana's yeah. desserts, Brock's beverages, <laughs> Dana's desserts, <you> know? <laughs> Pinkberry, Joe Rogan's uh, ravioli, <laughs> ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have ravioli? <laughs> because you're Italian. Hey, hey, where's my yeah, ravioli? No, that would work. That would work. But having live fights, I don't think that would work. I think uh, that'd be a little too much. Yeah, but no, seriously, they have they UFC totally gyms now. That. You know that? Yeah, how, I'm sure that's doing good too. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Pretty crazy. 
some dude uh, Facebooked me from a UFC gym. <laughs> He's like, I'm the manager of UFC gym. If you're ever in town, you want to work out. I'm like, all right, buddy. I, I think that sounds Get like a there. great idea. Fucking do some squats at your UFC gym. Mm -hmm. Take a goddamn Tybo class. Right. I wonder what kind of classes they're gonna have. If they're gonna. What kind of liability do you have if you let dudes actually beat the shit out of each other? I know. Because if you have sparring, the bottom line is you're not going through like extensive medicals when you have sparring. Like when dudes spar in kickboxing classes, I've never taken a blood test. I've never taken a fucking CAT scan. I've never never taken shit. But, but that's like any workout, any gym has no. to probably have. Just sign here. We're not responsible. But Good dude. Yeah. I don't, you don't even sign anything at boxing gyms. It's, most of them you don't really? sign shit. Damn. The places I've worked out on, they'll just slap gloves on you and you climb in the ring with another dude that you don't even know and you say, you know, okay, so you know, just go easy, go easy. Let me see what you can do. And you're fucking throwing punches with some dude that you don't even know. And, you know, who knows? Most of the time, dudes are cool. But every now and then, dudes will try to take your head off. They don't know. You might have an aneurysm just ready to pop right behind your eyeball. And he touches you in the chin. Your legs go. You fall. You hit your head on the back of the mat. And that thing bursts and just fills your eyeballs with blood. And you fucking die right there. That's possible. I need to go. To the, I, when I went to get my eyes checked a while back, they were like, there's something in the back of your eye. It's probably nothing, but you should take it to a doctor. And I'm like, ah, fuck oh, you. Oh, you got a brain tumor. You're I know. Dead. That was like 10 years man. ago, though. I would know it right now. You got to smoke a lot of weed and lose weight. <laughs> yeah. And, and working eat on a lot of vegetables. 15 pounds today. Get, drink my kombucha, too. You've lost 15 pounds 15 over the pounds course of how long? Since the 18th wow. of June. That's, that's a lot of weight. How the fuck are you losing that much weight? Crack, cigarettes, hookers. Now, uh, I, I've strong. modified Weight Watcher, uh, the Weight Watcher diet, which is modified, meaning you take in less calories. Uh, well, Weight Watchers is you have this many points, you use them based on, and this is the food, like an orange is two points, you know, a sandwich is six points, whatever. So, what I've been doing is doing the Weight Watcher diet, but only eating zero to one point shit. So, mostly vegetables, mostly do you, um Do you eat like little small meals to keep like your metabolism going? I eat small meals throughout the day. That's but it's right? all like 1.0 point shit. And I'm not going anywhere close to my allowed 35 points a day. I'm probably doing seven. Seven points a day? Yeah. <laughs> You're like a little chick. And that's just like chicken. You're like a goddamn chick, bro. You're like Lindsay Lohan. You're Ugh. starving yourself to death. Totally. It's great. No, but uh, I'm making sure I'm getting all like the nutrients and proteins and all that stuff. You know, since milk. I've known Brian, just for uh, FYI, since I've known... Why is your phone on? That's not me, is it? Is it or alerts. You're getting alerts. Oh. Since I've known Brian, he's done this like five times where he got heavy and then he got skinny. He got heavy. Yo-yo -yo dieting is one of the safest ways to, <laughs> to longeviate your life. Longeviate? <laughs> he went from, you were up at like, how, what was the heaviest you were ever at? 243. 243. And by the way, he's, how tall are you? 5'8". Five 5'8". Five okay. 243. That's... Giant. And he got, was a fat guy. Like I, his legs used to touch together in the middle. Uh, he had to wear crazy awful. pants. His pants were always way too long because his waist and his butt were way too big for <laughs> pants that were that long. For that, sh so they had. He had his pants were like always like shuffling. And then this guy got dumped by his girlfriend and went fiance. Fiance. Sorry, it's much more devastating than just a girlfriend. Yeah, right. Seven years. They were together for a long time. It was very devastating. And he went on a goddamn Weight Watcher. Uh, elliptical machine rampage <laughs> and in over the course of how long three months you lost like 70 pounds I, right? I was 163 was the lowest i got then i <sighs> decided to stop. and that was in three months yeah that's that's so unhealthy <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's so unhealthy, dude. You basically starved yourself. Do you have pictures of yourself when you were yeah. that skinny? Yeah. Do you have anything that would shock the uh, the people at home? Yeah, I do, actually. I have something really disturbing. Pull that up so I can take a look at that because uh, it was really strange. He, he, it turns out Brian has a weird head. <laughs> his, we just don't know because it's always like, it's always like, Embraced in a in a, a roll of soft tissue, and you don't get to see the true shape of his head. But when you just see skinny Brian, skinny Brian is a strange dude. I don't even know what nationality he is. He looks like he's a fucking alien. I'll, I'll find it. We're well. skinny Brian. But, yeah. What we got to do is we got to make your neck uh, build up to this to match your head. It's very <laughs> important. You know, you can have a big head as long as you have a big neck to support that big head. Right. But you got a big head, son, and you don't have a big neck. And that shit looks strange. Well, that's because... <laughs> that's because your head is used to the, your body being gigantic. Right. And so what you got to do is you got to build your neck up. You know, that's one of the most popular things in Hollywood, though, for actors to <laughs> what, have big neck heads. neck exercises? They want you to have a big head. What is that about? Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a thing where... Maybe it's a more, more brains thing. But it can't be true because I know some people with big heads are stupid as fuck. Here's a picture of me uh, holding my old pants up. Wow. Well, this is not helping the people at home. No. No, I may find a better one and I'll post it on my Twitter later today. Well, when you do, I'll retweet it because I know people are fucking excited to see what you look like when you look strange. There's one picture but, I have that's just so scary. That... But what was interesting is when you became went from being a fat guy to a skinny guy, you also found out that you're attractive. And you started getting girls. Girls were liking you, man. Mm. It was like, you know, like, chicks should be into Brian. And Brian was like, wow. Like, this is crazy. Look at what this mm. is like. But then what happens? <laughs> then I settle in. and Then you get a, a girlfriend. Get a girlfriend. I gain it all back. You never gained it all back. No, I didn't. I'm probably one, I'm 195 right now. 195. Wow. So. so at least you're still 40-whatever pounds right. away from what you were. Right. I don't want to get back to 165. That was way too low. I looked like I had AIDS. No, you didn't. You <clears> just I thought looked I did. like what you're supposed to look like, dude. <laughs> you're just so used to seeing yourself gigantic. You did not look like you had AIDS. I swear. You never looked like scary skinny. You never did. It looked weird because like all of a sudden you were this like tiny person. You know? That's you. That's yeah. one that ridiculous. I thought dude, that looks like a healthy person. Really? I, I hate to I say that. Weird. That looks like a healthy person. Your problem is your head's too big for your body. You got to start working out. <laughs> if you start working out, dude, you'd be a sexy bitch right there. You're looking sexy as fuck. Yeah. There's a dude that I know that has the tiniest head, and it always trips me out whenever I talk to him. He has it backwards. He has the tiniest head ever. He has a very small head. And all I can think of when I'm next to him is what it'd be like to punch him in his little tiny head. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to do it, and I would never like do it. But I just think, man, if you punch this guy, and not even me, like uh, if a person did punch this guy in his tiny little head, like you could just crush his head. He's got a bird head. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather have a way big two head. Yeah. Way big two? Way big two. Filled with smarts. My fucking stupid head is smart as fuck. Yeah. So, um, your um, that's another skinny photo, that's Brian. That's crazy. We'll put these up on Twitter. I'm telling you, dude, that looks healthy. I, I think I look like I think I look like a gay lesbian right there. Brian, now. that's what you look like, goddammit. You're a gay lesbian. <laughs> Underneath it all. That's that's what you look like when you're thin. That's hilarious. But I don't want to be a gay lesbian. But how come you can't, how come you can't stay the same way? Don't you like monitor your weight and you see it go up and what do you do? What's the process? When you see it going up, what what keeps you from just recognizing that and cutting back on your food? 
Well, it's not even a cutback of food. It's it's. I have the metabolism of a small goat. Where I like eat. Small like, goats are skinny as fuck, no, dude. What are you talking about? They're no, lean. No. That's a terrible That's a, example. <laughs> I meant it backwards. Right. You have a metabolism of a fat person. Yeah. That's what I mean, I, I fucking eat like two pieces of pizza. I'll, I'll gain it. So if you just gave up and just were a sedentary fuck and had a normal nine to five job, we ate shit at the office and ate shit for lunch, and then you came home and you were too tired to work and you ate and then watched TV, you'd just be a giant a fat huge. dude. Huge. I'd be. <laughs> Crazy huge. I wonder how many. My dudes. grandmother was like six hundred pounds. <laughs> so Whoa. On my dad's side. Really? Yeah. She was humongous. Diabetes. Oh everything. God. That's scary. Yeah, my dad's side. Too. Yeah. I wonder how many dudes who are like that have like a hormonal imbalance, a thyroid imbalance, or something that could be corrected. Well, it's so. Well, I got mine checked, and supposedly I'm supposedly fine. Whatever. That your thyroid's like, fine. Yeah, but did I they mean, check your testosterone? No, I don't. It's no non detectable. Yeah. I, I saw this, uh, or not saw, I was listening to um, uh, Sirius Satellite Radio the other day, and one of the things they were saying about guys who gain a lot of weight is that a lot of times it's just some sort of a uh, hormone imbalance, and that it's uh, maybe a testosterone imbalance. They could cure it with like some cream. Yeah, but when I just get more hairier, I don't need that anymore. In Listen, my life. bitch, what are you going to take? <laughs> Hair and have some fucking energy and, and not, Dude, not no. become fat immediately? I should get that checked, honestly, because I bet you I'm fucking no Are you detected. tired all the time? Oh, I'm tired from when I wake up. I wake up in the morning, you. I'm tired. <laughs> guarantee you. And especially because you don't do anything that forces your body to produce it. You're not involved in any heavy lifting or anything. You know, I think that's one of the most important things when you're maintaining your health as you get older. You have to do strength training. You have yep. to do str- training that makes your body constantly regenerate tissue, keep your glands pumping. What do you say? I, I, when I wake up, I really feel tired. Like, yeah. I, I never have woken up and be like, wow. You might have sleep good. apnea, too, man. I probably have that. Do you too. snore? Yeah. Chicks tell you snore? Yep. Do you ever, like, gag in your sleep? No, like, I don't do that, choke? though. No, I don't well, do you should that. get tested, man. Yeah, I, know. I got a new mouthpiece that I started wearing, you know, because I got diagnosed with sleep apnea a few years ago. And when the doctor created this mouthpiece, this guy, Dr. Koropian in Tarzana, he created some a mouthpiece that keeps your tongue down. And the problem is, I have a big tongue, and... My my neck is big from working out all the time, and my hole that I have in the back of my throat is not so big. And so when I lie down, my tongue falls back as I relax and covers over the fucking hole, and I gag and cough. Like a lot of times, it's fat people. Fat people have it, but athletes have it a lot too. Anybody who has a, like a big neck, if you have a big tongue, it's probably going to happen to you. So this mouthpiece kind of keeps your tongue down. Well, he just invented a new one. I just started using this new one, dude. It's incredible. I wake up, I feel so fucking rested. Mrs. Rogan says I don't snore at all anymore, and I feel so much better, and my dreams are super vivid, man. My dreams are really intense. They're really, like, very, very lifelike to the point where sometimes my alarm goes off in mid-dream, and I'm like, wow, that was a dream? Because it's not even, they're not even, like, crazy dreams. They're dreams like life dreams. It's like, you know, it's it's very strange. They don't have a dream-like feel to them. They feel like I... I dropped another level below in my 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 depth of my my sleeping wow. you know and so i'm having these um, maybe i'm reaching a, a rem level that i wasn't reaching before because i was snoring all the time because wow. i would choke and i have this sleep apnea problem because even the mouthpiece didn't totally cure it it just definitely made it better right but i still snored this new one i don't snore at all is that a picture of you and jenna jameson yeah Powerful Brian. when she was uh, what when we were in arizona yeah. So, uh, what's the goal now? You're at 195, and what's your goal? I'm trying to get to 165. Yeah, you should get your hormones checked out, son. You mm. might have problems. I should. You know, they can. You, one, th- you can do things to cure it, but one of the things that that works is squats. 
squats and you know heavy lifting makes your body uh, produce more testosterone makes your body produce more growth hormone it's very good for you but you, you gotta not be a pussy you gotta <laughs> actually do them yeah you don't seem like you're the type of dude that's really into well straining and i just squats. seem like the, the 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 energy i have per day is so small that to me is that how you look at it yeah <laughs> like i feel like i am I i'm barely trying resources. not I'm, par- I'm barely trying not to go back to sleep <laughs> damn dude you really need to get yourself checked out yeah what if you have a real issue i probably do but if i've had it uh, it's been I- i've had it my whole life hmm if i've had it what do you think i don't know what? <laughs> Fucking goddamn kids, get off my lawn! <laughs> uh, we haven't looked at the photo, the uh, the questions on on Twitter in forever. Oh, here's the other thing that I did last week that I forgot. Uh, I accidentally gave my phone number out on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what's going on with that? I fucked up royally. I gave my phone number out. Um, I gave it to Doug Benson because Doug was going to come to Vegas this weekend and he wanted to come hang out with us at the House of Blues. And I said, yeah, man. I said, uh, I can even get you into the UFC. Here's my, uh, here's my phone number. Call me. And I put it in the main Twitter box instead of the direct message box. I thought I was sending a dim- direct message. So I tweeted my fucking number to the whole world. So I was like, God damn it. And then it just started vibrating and vibrating. And the calls were just coming in. Like, they, they never stopped. It was like one after the other. Cause, you know, when you have, I've got 130-something thousand Twitter friends. And who knows how many, ten, maybe 10,000 might have seen it. I tried to delete it, but it was too late. It was out there. And so then as I was driving to the Verizon store to go change my number, I just started answering phone calls. I'm like, what's up? Is this Joe Rogan? I'm like, yeah, man, what's going on? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm on my way to the Verizon store. I'm just turning in my phone. I have to, I would answer it here for you guys and show you, but uh, I'm, I have Verizon, and Verizon doesn't work here where I live. You know, it's... Uh, it's but I did it all weekend. You I just did, kept it as a family. You did act very nice, though. You could have told all those morons who called you and ruined your phone number. You could have just posted all those online and fucked them, you know? But you were nice about it. You took the high road. Well, what are they doing? They're just, look... I fucked up. It's out there. Right. It's not, you're not going to take it away. It's not like everyone's going to be so cool that no one's going to call you on that Wouldn't number. that be great, though, if everyone was cool? And no, only, because some of the people just wanted to call to say hi. Why not? If you were 18 years old and you, you were a fan of some dude and all of a sudden he's got his phone number online and you call him and he actually answers, like, holy shit. Like, that's most of the calls. Most of the calls were people saying, holy shit. And they were all cool. What do you think about Fedor losing? Is he out of the UFC, man? They're just never going to bring him in now? I had all these conversations about fucking... I had conversations about comedy. I had conversations about about MMA. I had a bunch of different conversations about all kinds of shit. And I was like, I'm going to keep this phone. Fuck it. So I kept it as a fan line. If you want to call it, I, I really do answer it. Not all the time, but I pick it up every now and then. 818-517-2774. That's my phone number. That's my fan line now. now it's I so get weird a that you number. just said that. I know. That was like the a, real number, right? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> shit, he's giving out the real number. But I thought that would be kind of cooler, too, to actually give out the real number. Instead of getting another number and making it my fan line, it's like actually kind of cool that you actually have my real number. I mean, that's like my, my legit number that I've had for fucking a decade. Right. So that's my number, and um, that's the deal. This weekend, um, I'm going to be at the uh, Ontario Improv with the one and only Joey Coco Diaz, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Ontario's a badass club. It's selling out quickly, so um, if you want to get in, I know a lot of people got shut out in Irvine. I I talked to a lot of people that were disappointed, and uh, I'm sorry I didn't get in, but... You know, these clubs, they only seat like 300 people. So if you, if you want to come to a show, especially like the Fridays shows and the Saturday shows, 
you know, Sunday sometimes is a little easier because you got, you know, less people are out doing things. But Friday and Saturday, those fucking tickets sell quick. Yeah. Irvine was awesome. Irvine last weekend, every show sold out. Yeah. Every show was cool. People were cool as fuck. It was awesome. And then uh, House of Blues was awesome too. Although I did get a tad too drunk, <laughs> just a touch. Yeah, what happened? Did One you... shot over the line. What Not happened? too bad. Because I didn't actually. No, nothing. It was nothing bad. The show was great, um, but I definitely got too drunk. And I I told the second half of a joke twice, but it was because I didn't tell the first half of it right the first time. So I tried to like redo it, and then I and then I realized as I was saying it, I was like, I already said this. <laughs> Doesn't that does that suck to you? Do you it do you, does, but I just admit it. Do you admit it like immediately? You just stop and admit it. I or? just said what happened, you know. Yeah. And Eddie Eddie's the one who pointed out. And I go, yeah, I know, but it, I did it because I fucked up this part of it. But right. it's not a good enough answer. It's the it's the, the answer really is I was drunk. That's the the answer. I mean, I'm saying what I did wrong, but the only reason why I did it again is because I was drunk. Right. I just I didn't have anything to eat. And I had like three shots in a row on stage, which is two shots too many. <laughs> but it's still, it was uh, still fun, fucking fuck, fun, like really happy crowd. They were cool. Sam Tripoli was hilarious. Yeah, Sam was awesome. He he crushed it. That was really good. Yeah, that that place could go either way. You know, sometimes UFC nights that place is, you know, House of Blues is just a madhouse. You can, well, we fixed you know, it. We fixed it. We fixed it when we got rid of the standing only. That yeah. changed the vibe of it so much because people were uncomfortable before, and you felt that uncomfort from them because the fact that they had to stand and watch a show. And I made a lot more money then on those shows, but I don't care. I don't want people to stand up. I think it sucks. When we saw stand up, uh, when we saw Stan Hope rather, that shit cured me. Yeah. No more stand-up shows. Right. I'll never make someone pay to see me stand up ever again. Right. And the, we fucked up in Memphis. Joey and I did a show in Memphis, and it had to be stand-up because it was a really tiny place. And if it wasn't stand-up, it only seated like 100 people. And all of these people were standing up by the bar. So half the crowd was standing, and they were all talking at full voice, like bar voice. Like no one was like paying attention to the show. When Joey went on stage, no one was. It was like maybe 10% of the people in the bar weren't talking. It was just a low rumble. And then, you know, it was like, okay, this is the final straw. I'll never have a standing room show ever. It's not fun to watch, man. You know, the part of what is good about a show is you can kick back and relax. What would be awesome is if they every fucking place you went had real comfortable seats. You know, if you could sit on a couch like this, if that's how you watched uh, every comedy show, uh-huh. you know, kicking back and chilling on a couch, how fucking it would be way funnier because you'd be feeling relaxed. You have no tension. It's like you're you're more likely to laugh at shit when you're standing, your fucking feet hurt. That sucks. First person I ever heard say that was Jimmy Norton, and uh, I heard Jimmy talking about it. He was um, promoting one of his shows, and uh, he was talking about, you know, people were calling in and saying that they heard uh, there were standing tickets in the back, and Jimmy was like, "No, no, no, it's going to be this. Will, my show is a standing show," and I was like, "Wow, he's like real adamant about that," but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I'm like, "Well, maybe he's just." You know, he's more rigid with his style or something, and he wants to make it like that. But then I, you know, I realized that that's the right thing to do. The, those standing shows, those stand hope shows, I mean, they're fun and everything, but it's not as fun. Yeah. It, to me, I don't know if it was my age or what. The whole time I'm just focusing on the pain of my standing, like how uncomfortable it was. It's not an age thing, man. I didn't like standing up with a concrete floor when I was 10. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel good. I just, when I worked at Gateway, I had to do it eight hours and you weren't allowed to sit down. Eight right. hours a day, so you would find like the be- the thickest shoes, and then you put like the best like yeah. inserts in. That shit's not good for oh, you. Oh, it's man. not. You know, your body's supposed to be moving around too, because that's when I do stand up and I'm on stage for an hour and a half or whatever I'm on for. It doesn't. I'm never hurt. 
I, I feel fine. I get off. I'm feel, I feel energized. But standing in one place and not moving at all for an hour and a half, that sucks. That's terrible. Yeah. You know, you're, you're carrying your weight. You know, you don't even think about it, but you're not even, like, moving. You don't even get blood flowing through it. And you're right next to other people. So you can't, like, stretch your arms out and move your body and touch your toes and shit and unwind. Like, if you don't do that, man, your body feels like shit. I think it's very important. If you're for, that's one of the reasons why I don't like doing comedy too much in bars anymore. I don't like. I'll do it every now and then just for a goof, just to experience something different, get, get a different taste of comedy. You know, I'll do like a little, uh, well, shitty little Hollywood gigs every you know now and again. But I think it's very important. The the right atmosphere has to be set. You know, the the same atmosphere that's good for music is not the same atmosphere that's good for comedy. You know, you, you, music, you could go up and people could be talking like, how's everybody doing out there? And then you play your song, man. You don't, you don't require their attention 100%, their, their complete interaction. You don't require that. You don't require a response, a definite response, you know, from them. Comedy, though, pff, it's tricky, very tricky. Setting up the atmosphere is so tricky. That's why it's important. Well, I always go on the road with dudes who I think are funny. I always go on the road with friends. It's m so important. The worst thing you could ever do is go on the road and a guy opens for you and the guy fucking sucks. He doesn't just suck. He like sucks like aggressively and like it's like bad material and it's like badly done. And, and it's like the totally different crowd that you would have, you know, that he would have normally too. Yeah, like most of, these, of them would never have a crowd at all. Uh, yeah. Like the really well, bad ones. Yeah. And I've been one of those really bad ones, by the way. I'm not shitting on them. I mean, it's part of the development process. You know, I'm in writing this book that I'm writing about a lot of my early comedy days. It's making me rehash like old uh, bombing uh, stories that I, I forgot of like <clears throat> terrible fucking disastrous tales of the road and uh, they're fucking crazy you know but a lot of it was just because I sucked I was just terrible I didn't know how to relax back then I didn't know how to do comedy yet I was really just fucking feeling it out so, which is fine and good you know and it's a st thing you have to go through but I don't want people going through it before I get up on stage because if they do it right before you, it's like it taints the whole room. It's like someone just came on stage and just shit into their minds, you know? And then you're forced to, like, clean everything up and start from scratch. You know, it's a, you have to, like, do damage control, you know? Yeah. It's so weird. It, uh, this uh, comic I know, he's, uh, I think, 20 years old. And uh, he's just the nicest guy, little kid ever. You know, he's always and he's always you know asking for advice to like Ari and me and stuff like that. He's just right. this really nice guy, and he's just you, I can't tell him how just how nice this guy is. Did you fuck him? What do you no, say? No, no, no. Well, he just said uh, told me the other day that he's going to be like lead role in like a real movie now, and wow. his, he's going to go from this nice, nice little open mic young kid now he's going to be like lead role in a movie and it's just it's a big movie or is yeah, it an independent it's a, movie it's, well i think it's a it's i think it's a big movie it's like it's wow. about what it is it's supposed to be like a cloverfield but it's um it's uh like at a party with like generation x guys or whatever generation x and it becomes a monster movie well, no no how it's like recorded like it's like right. like it's going a bunch from cell of phone to cell phones phone. and right. stuff like that you know what man i'm not buying that anymore i i bought that shit with like the um I thought it was kind of interesting, the Blair Witch Project, how they did that. I thought that was a good movie. I mean, it was really, like, for what it was, when we saw the Blair Witch Project, the first time I saw it, was we were in Houston, and Chris, Chris McGuire and I were working at uh, the Laugh Stop, and these, this was way back in the day, you know, whenever it came out. And this dude who worked at the movie theater across the street came to the show. 
And after the show, we're all hanging out and uh, smoking weed. And the dude goes, hey, do you guys want to go watch the Blair Witch Project right now? We can all watch it. Like, We'll set it up. I'll, I got the keys. We'll turn it on. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? He's like, yeah. So we, it was like a midnight show, okay? So we went over there at 2 o'clock in the morning. And this dude had the keys, unlocked the place. We got popcorn and shit. And it was just him, the dude. He, he worked there. A couple other people that worked with him, like a guy and a girl, and me and Chris McGuire. It was just five of us, and we watched The Blair Witch Project, and it was badass. Yeah. It was the perfect way to watch it's it. freaked me the out. The second time I watched it, it was terrible. did not work. Not only did it not work, there was some dude who brought his baby, and this fucking Mexican dude, and his baby was making all this noise. It was like two, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know... So a bunch of people like shh, shushed him, and he got aggressive with the people. Fuck you, bitch! Don't fucking shush me, bitch! And I was like, okay, now I have to fucking think about this guy and his fucking inconsiderate ways, and he's got a baby, and people are trying to shush him, and he's you know fucking yelling at them obscenities and and threatening them. I'll fucking kick your ass, bitch, and that kind of shit. And so now you got to think about him for the fucking movie. So it was a bad yeah, experience. I hate that. That's, you know, I don't really like going to movies anymore. It's so a roll of the dice. Yeah. I mean, I, I especially when nowadays it's like I can get a Blu-ray. I can wait. Oh, yeah. I can wait six months. And that the experience at my house now is better than, I think, going to a movie. Theater. Yeah, if you have a nice, good-sized TV and, you know, you are you got a good-sized sound system, Plus, I can you don't have to worry. Hey, I can get pee breaks. It. Yeah. I can yeah. fucking smoke weed. Yeah, I, you can have whatever food you want. You can have a comfortable couch right. to watch it on. It's a way better experience. But people like the event of being out there with other people. You know, people like, that's one, one of the things that people like about a concert. You know, if fucking Ozzy Osbourne was playing just to you, and it was just you and Ozzy alone with his band in a room, you probably wouldn't even want to be there. Right. You know, you'd be like, maybe listen to a song or two, and you'd be like, this is crazy. He's looking me in the eyes and singing. <laughs> fucking, you know, you'd have to look at you. You're the only one there. But if you're, you know, one of 15,000 in an arena, then it's cool. Then, yeah. it's, then it's fun. Then it's crazy. I, but. I think movie theaters need to reboot, man. I, I, really? I think they need to stop going, hey, we're charging you $14 for tickets, $8 for a popcorn, $5 for a pop. I think they need to it make it. It is kind of fucked that you have to pay that much yeah, just to watch it. Right. Whereas if you want to own it, it's like 30 bucks in a few months. Not even that. You can get a Best Buy for $14.99 on DVD, you know, $12.99 on DVD. Not Blu-ray, though, right? Blu-ray. 30 bucks. Sometimes opening week or first week, you know, yeah. they'll have it on sale for like uh, 17 Yeah, if you watch something in Blu-ray, it's so much better. So much more comfortable watching shit at home. Yeah, I this I watched uh, the Wolfman the other day again. Yeah, I watched it again. Mm-hmm. I don't even like it. It's a terrible movie, but I think it's dope when it's when it's at home. Yeah, when it's at home, I like it. Yeah, it's not bad. When I saw it in the movie theater, I'm like, I paid for this fucking stupid movie. This movie's retarded. Yeah. What did I say that was pretty good? Oh, the Crazies. Crazy dude, the crazies is good goddamn horror movie. Really? Yeah. I don't want to tell you the premise because I didn't know a thing about it. I'll give you the Blu-ray. I got it up here. Oh, cool. Um, I didn't know a thing about it. I knew nothing. But someone had said, this is a really scary movie. Someone Twittered it. So I'm going to check it out because I don't know. And I love when I don't know anything about a movie. I didn't know nothing. I I hadn't seen a single preview. I saw a photo with a guy with a pitchfork. That's it. That's all I knew. So I'm like, okay, some crazy shit, obviously. Guy's killing people with a pitchfork. Right. Great movie. I mean, not the best movie in the world, but a good goddamn horror movie. Good, solid like, holy shit, horror movie. And then I'm like, why wasn't this movie popular? Why didn't this movie go somewhere in the movie theater? It's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear a, th- a thing about it. Did you hear anything about it? Uh, I just remember the, advertise- or the advertising, how they advertised it. The Last Airbender. I have not seen it. You know why? Because you're not fooling me again, you fuck. 
M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. Your movies are goddamn terrible, sir. I think he's done. I think uh, half the inter- half the inter- internet <laughs> sat there when he had zero percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It was like, yes, this is hilarious. I know he had zero percent of Rotten Tomatoes for a long time. Was it like six now or seven or something? Yeah, he's got a, a few percent now. There's a few fools out there or some staff members from yeah. M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong's fucking. What What makes me company. even more angry is that the fact that the opposite is happening with Toy Story 3 because that's a movie I don't care if you're the most uh, angriest person in the world you'll sit there and you'll go at least yeah that was a good movie you know that was a good you those know. Pixar movies are always good man they, one, they're so good at it one bad one I think there was one or two bad ones and it's just like really I want to meet these people and go what the fuck is wrong with you like are you really that angry of a person or are you somebody from a different movie studio just being a dick you know there's a lot of that impossible. a lot of espionage yeah. and fucking double crossing online for sure a lot of positive comments as well by paid shills mm-hmm. you know people accuse the ufc of doing that all the time on the underground people are saying how many of you guys are paid ufc shills as far as i know there are none but there might be i might just not know about them you know, right. it might might very well be that they hire people to get online i mean it's, it's effective marketing if you think about it you get online you hype up a fight you start talking you instigate comments you know do you think that you know shane would have been knocked out by brett rogers you know or that i don't know, think it's but that. i bet Brock lesnar would have been knocked out by brett rogers like sometimes right. it is I know it is. I know, but I also I know think in the pride days they used to do that. There's just a lot of people. Also, that's all they think. Yes, <laughs> that is true. But but I as far as like as far as like putting together threads and pushing right. you know positive threads and talking about how excited you are for right. something, it's a good move. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a smart move. You know, if you get a good thread together, half you know? of Amazon's reviews are that. Yeah, well, I pay attention to Amazon's reviews. That half of it could be total bullshit. Yeah. I even try to read it to say, okay, does this sound like something like a publicist made or right. the company made? No one can stop you from doing that. You could review the shit out of your own stuff. Yeah. You know? I've never done that with anything I've ever done. I've never done that. But um, I was pleasantly surprised at how many cool fucking comments I got on the iTunes thing. I thought when I was going over the podcast, I'm like, there's going to be a bunch of douchebags that don't want to hear us yapping about things. Because this is kind of a free-form podcast. A lot of times we talk about the same subjects we've talked about before. But they're relevant to the current conversation. I can't. I got to assume that each one of these two-hour things is its own thing. And I try also, not to repeat things as much as possible. but And it's also just hard to remember, you know, yeah. what was 28 times 2, you know? Yeah. How many hours is that of trying to <laughs> But talk? I, I also think that we get into subjects a lot deeper than you can if you're just doing an hour podcast. Right. You know, I like like the hour podcast format, but I think there's something about like really intense conversations or, you know, we have these cool conversations. You got to let them kind of take their fucking path, you know, and sometimes you know, it's like, well, this is it. We're just going to stop it now. But, you know, there's more shit to be talked about, you know, but so many fucking people who uh, said, you know, things on the iTunes were, were cool. There's a, a bunch of complaints about the sound, which we did have problems with the sound, but we fixed all that shit. Mm-hmm. And if you think it's too low, stop listening it on your iPhone speakerphone. It's low for everything. Brian's very upset with this. <laughs> well, some guy said how low chatter. it was, and so today I recorded myself going on like Adam Corollas, you know, all of, a couple of them, and yeah. then and then ours. I think and ours we got the it loudest. Now. This is good now. We mean, and I think this is the right way to do it too, because I've heard things where people talk on lav mics, and it's not quite as loud or clear. Yeah, I think the reason why radio stations use these kind of mics and stand-up comedy uses this kind of mics, and this is this is the right shit to use so this is the way we're going to keep it as far as like 
putting up this green screen. I kind of gave up on that shit. I, I think it's distracting. I might put up a um, a banner or something. Maybe put up a big flat screen and have a constantly changing logo. Make mm-hmm. you you could put together some nutty video and it'll be playing in the background. What do you think? Mm-hmm. That's a good move. Just Joey Diaz on a toilet. Yeah, but I think I've given up on the idea of us being in space looking like a cable access show. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, the Fleshlight is our only sponsor, um, and like I said before, that if, if it wasn't a sponsor, I would still tell you to use it. Yeah. Things the fucking bomb diggity. Me too. It's awesome. Um, gigs, this weekend I will be at the Ontario Improv Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with Joey Diaz. Uh, as we said, tickets are selling quick, so if you want to come, uh, come. The next time I'll be, if you're in LA and you want to go somewhere closer, I'm uh, at the Universal uh, City. John Lovitz has a comedy club up there, the John Lovitz Comedy Club. And that's um, next Saturday. It's like the 17th or some shit. Something like that, two shows. Next Saturday, two shows. I've never been there before. I heard it's good. And John Lovitz is a nice guy. I like that guy. Love that shopping center. I love or that whole Universal place. I love that place. Yeah, that's a cool place. It's like being at Disney World. So uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate the fuck out of it, as always. And uh, much respect, much love. And uh, we will see you all uh, next week. Same bad time, same bad... This is not even the same time it was next week. We're going to keep doing it, though. We will not stop. We will not end. And we do this all because of your support and because of the fact that you guys are enjoying it. And I appreciate the fuck out of it. Thank you very much. I love you, bitches. Later.